participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... Miss Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Monday, March 27th, 2023. Hello again, everyone. I sure hope you're doing well. Hope you had a lovely, lovely weekend. It's a great time to be alive, my friends. So much to be excited about. I have to say, very excited to be here on this Monday. A lot to be excited about. I'm going to WrestleMania this weekend, going to L.A. I haven't been to L.A. in a very long time. I'm very excited about that. My wife's birthday is tomorrow. Happy birthday to my dear, dear wife. She turns 24. What a great time to be alive, of course. Not 24, but I feel like people don't like you when you say their age. I'm very proud of the fact that I'm 40. Thanks for asking. But uh, I guess that's a thing. So we'll go with 24. Why not? Um, that was a great year. And a lot has happened since we last spoke. A lot happened this weekend. And we've got a great show. A nice uh, five-pack of guests to get to. There's, there's just a lot to like. There's a lot to be excited about. I have a lot of things to say about this weekend. I got a lot of things to get off my chest. 
It's a great time to be alive. As always, by the way, we are presented by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the official sports betting partner of not only the UFC, but more importantly, this program. If you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, if you haven't already, use the code DMMAHOUR and you get a nice little surprise, a nice little gift. And most importantly, it lets them know that we sent you. And that's very important. So please do that. DraftKings, Sportsbook, the app. Support them because they support us. What are we doing on today's show? Back end of the show, we're going to obviously talk about the bets and all that stuff. You know, Parlay Pals, start spreading the news. I don't hear you haters coming out of the woodwork when we do well, but we nailed it on Saturday. Four for four, baby. Dare I say, going four for four, and and just a bit of a an update. I've learned this since the last time we spoke. It's important. You can't just go with sheesh. Well, this is what I've learned. You have to go with this, Frank. What does this mean? You know, um, don't another no. That's what they. I've I seen saw. That I TikTok. saw the kids doing it. They go like, don't, this. don't do that. Is that bad? No, it's just. Is it old? It's old. <laughs> it's old. And I it's saw. For- the youth and I saw them all doing this. I'm like, what are they talking about? Injecting it? Like, no, I can't be down with that. Don't be down with any of it. Yeah, wow. Eric, bad. Get the arm down more. You're holding it up. I'm, too I'm vetoing high. all of this. No, no, no. Get it down a little right. bit more. You got to stand yeah, up, sort and of do facing. It. Yeah, there you go. Sheesh. Yeah, I saw up. them. No, there it is. There it is. <laughs> what were they doing? What was that? All right, all right. So all you need to do is hit that. Yeah, yeah. Inject it in the veins. Sheesh. Sheesh. Now gritty. If we could go oh. a wide shot and hit the gritty, that'd be Yo, sick. Yeah, my kids and I hit the. Hey, there it is. You know what? This is the only one I approve of. This guy's of. lit, bro. Look at him. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We're killing it, guys. We're we'll killing it. one of those. Oh, it's so great. It's so great to be alive. Uh, last night, by the way, fellas, I went to see Sarah Silverman in a rare Sunday night out for the old folks. Uh, she came to town. Reviews? Now you're a, a big fan. Like you should have just kept it to yourself, you know. Six. You don't have nice six out of seven. Wow. Six. Six. Yeah, that, that's one where you just don't go on the mic after. She that. was okay. Um, very very wow. good chance she's watching. It you. was very disjointed. It felt like she was almost working through the material. If you get what I'm saying, I mean, it was maybe like, she was. She was. Maybe she was. But like it was like nothing flowed. You know what I mean? It wasn't like you know they walk up and it's like yeah. So I was walking down the street earlier. It was like let me tell you about this. And then let me tell you about this. Anyway, let's move along to this. It didn't feel, I don't know. I was expecting better. Let's give the better. benefit of the doubt that we're working things out for a special later. And, she did uh, mention a special. She did mention go. a special. That's, that's it. Not bad. It, w- it was a nice vibe. Um, I'm a fan. She's she did saw. You yell sheesh from the audience internally. Okay. The best part was this was the best part. Uh, my daughter doesn't like when we go out without her, so I had to stay on the phone with her. The entire time until she fell asleep until I didn't hear her anymore. So I'm I got my AirPod in. I'm keeping the phone on because they were like looking for people with their phones. I've got it on my under my jacket, <laughs> and every time I felt like there was a X-rated comment coming, I would mute it. Wow! And then she would be like, "Daddy, Daddy, I don't hear you. There's a glitch." And I'm like, "No, no, I'm still here." Can, and oh then I, I kept having. You need to, to mute. explain That's the other side here. of this to me. So your daughter is in her bed with a phone. Yes, she is in. She, the deal is if we go. She has to keep my mom, my wife's phone, and uh, her mom's phone, so that she can communicate with us the entire time. <laughs> Trust me, we don't wow. go out enough, and uh, this is you know the price that you pay. 
So anyway, she was taking, and then this morning she's like, I didn't really like that thing that you went to. I was like, yeah, it wasn't really for you. <laughs> um, but I had to. I had uh, to so like, did she give it lower so, than yeah, a she, six? She gave it a I, I think she would have given it a two. Uh, but I had to foresee the bad words, which was true because she's a she's pretty X-rated with her commentary mm-hmm. or c- comedy, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, <laughs> wow. this, is this, is this is a straight. No, burial. I like her. I like her. Laugh? Fellow you... Jew. Uh, honestly, at one point I fell asleep. Wow! Wow! Jeez! Yeah. Like, this sounds like it's worse than a six. It was at oh, seven. She's not a big Sandhagen fan. I was, at seven I was if tired. If you stay awake, it's an eight. Uh, I was tired. I think she's funny. By the way, speaking of falling asleep, this is my biggest L of 2023, guys. Biggest L of 2023, right here. I'm feeling it? myself. Saturday, Cheeto Sandhagen, UFC San Antonio, great PFL Europe card, which we couldn't get on the zone after they told us it was going to be on the zone. Anyway, we don't need to get into all that. Yep. Yeah, it sounded great. Clips were great. Um, Feeling, I'm like, yo, I'm gonna sit back and relax, watch this Benavides plant fight. This is sick. Uh-oh, Showtime.com no slash PPV. Give them my $75. You know, part of the fan, but all good. I, w- I want to support the cause, right? I'm down with the cause. I started getting a little bit tired. You know yeah. what? I don't know. Where, where are we at this point where you're starting to feel it? Get to the co main. Okay. I'm starting to yawn. I'm starting to feel the eyes are getting heavy. I say, you know what? I don't have to work this, I don't have to be at the computer on it. I'm just gonna go lie down and watch oh, it oh, in the bed. In the bed, blew it. Didn't Can't. make yeah. it to the walkouts. Woke up at like four, and I was like, f- <laughs> with the AirPods still in my ears, and I was like, fucking hell! I didn't see any of it. I just paid seventy five dollars, and I didn't even see the walkouts. Solid fight. Always fight the lay down. The I'm just gonna rest my eyes. It never works. I, out. I, you, gotta, you gotta stand up and start shadow boxing yeah. in your living room uh, when you start feeling tired. I think I the think... Uh, the 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 mind, the body knew I didn't have to work this one, so it just kind of gave up. I think Great the fight. I'm just gonna lay down is like over seven billion yeah. in in history. That's that's now I w- so woke up, saw the result, but didn't like see the finish. How actually w- saw your no text? Finish. Saw your te- no, but I didn't see like I didn't oh. know if there was a knockout. So I did watch it. Still not quite the same. Did enjoy it tremendously, but like if you know in the back of your mind, yeah, I mean, obviously yeah. I picked him. I knew he was going to win, but you know what I mean. Like, wasn't the same. <laughs> I knew he was going to win. I felt like an asshole. I have to say, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people can uh, sympathize with that. That's why I watched it on a laptop in in my bed. And That's did you how fall asleep? No, 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 no. Stayed up for it. Yeah, it was tough. Watched it all the way through. It was tough. All right, we got to get to uh, all that and more. Back into the show, like I said, picks. Prior to that. Uh, Nate the Train Landwehr, who had a very nice win and continues to be one of the more entertaining fighters, both in the cage with his fighting and on the microphone as well. So we'll talk to him at around 325. At 3 o'clock, Valentina Shevchenko will stop by. First interview for her on this show and maybe anywhere? I don't know. Since the Alexa Grasso fight just a few weeks ago in Las Vegas, talk about the future. Of course, we spoke to Grasso last week. She was wonderful, but curious to see how Valentina is doing since the loss, her first loss as a flyweight. Uh, Prior to that, we're going to be joined by Corey Sanhagen, who had the massive, massive win over Marlon Chito Vera this past Saturday. Talk to Corey and more on that fight in a second. Prior to that, Jorge Masvidal, who is... uh, Two weeks away now from his big return fight against Gilbert Burns in Miami, the 305 where he resides, but also has a massive event as far as his uh, promotional business is concerned. This Saturday, Milwaukee, it's Game Bread Boxing, headlined by Anthony Pettis versus Roy Jones Jr. Remember, he told us about the whole card 
a few weeks back, Jose Aldo against Jeremy Stevens and many others. So we'll talk to him at 2 o'clock. And at 1.40, Dakota Decheva, who had a very impressive submission win, especially considering her background in Muay Thai, first submission win for her on the PFL Europe card herself, Simeon Powell, uh, big-time draws for them over in the UK. They sold out in Newcastle, one of four events, and I really like what they're doing. They've got uh, Sean O'Connell on the mic. They've got Dan Hardy, Stefan Struve, my good friend Wade Plem in the uh, in the bowels of the arena doing some stuff. It's a nice presentation. They're building something, enjoying it, and it's on DAZN as well. Hopefully the next one will be available here in uh, North America, so we shall see. Lot to get to on today's show. Obviously, the big story from this past weekend was the main event on Saturday. A lot of thoughts about that fight. And so let's get into it. It's San Antonio. It's Corey Sanhagen versus Marlon Chilovera in the best weight class in the UFC, without a doubt. It's the 135-pound male weight class. So much activity, so many big fights as of late. We had Marab and Jan just a couple of weeks ago. We've got Cejudo and Sterling um, in early May in New Jersey was very curious about this one. And if you remember, and I believe I said it on this show, it's hard to keep track, but I think I said it on this show. I wondered out loud if the Cruz fight from last August would be a preview of what's to come in this fight. And perhaps if you were trying to pick a winner, would that be the preview that you needed to pick Corey Sanhagen? In other words, Corey has a similar style to Dominic Cruz, loves to switch stances, does it very effectively is very good on his feet, very quick, very dynamic. And I would say at this point, quicker and more dynamic on his feet than Dominic Cruz. Obviously has the wrestling as well. And we saw that Cheeto had some some trouble with it. Now I know the, the knock on him, if you want to call it that, is that he starts a little slow, but it did seem like he had a bit of trouble with it in the fight back in August in San Diego against Cruz. And so I wondered if the same thing would happen in this fight and he would have even more trouble given the fact that Corey Sanhagen is a better fighter than Dominic Cruz is right now in March of 2023. And I feel like that's what happened. I feel like the switching stances, the striking was so on point, mixed it up with some wrestling, first and second round, the stuff that he did on the ground, the ground and pound was very effective. And uh, I thought it was a very, very easy fight to score. Uh, I thought it was one of Corey, and you know how highly I think of Corey Sanhagen, I thought it was one of Corey's best performances arguably, if not the best performance that we've seen, total package against a high-level opponent that we've seen from him in quite some time. And even, like, recently, you know, had the tough fight against Jan, and you're like, all right, is he going to be able to bounce back? Obviously, the Sterling fight a few years ago now was a huge setback, but it felt like he owned that cage. It felt like he knew he was the better fighter. He was going to show it. He belonged. He was going to, like, he was going to big brother Cheeto. And I just thought that he fought marvelously. I mean, it was an exquisite performance. And I think at worst, it was four rounds to one. At best, five nothing. And so we don't need to harp too much on the 48-47, but they did read it out first. And you saw Cheeto almost be like, oh, snap, maybe I got a shot here. Of course, that was an egregious, I mean, that was, that, that, that's like a, a criminal scorecard. How you can even come to that conclusion and and give him the last three rounds of this fight, which was what happened. Absolutely absurd. Um, that was not a fight that was won by Cheeto Vera. It just wasn't. And I think he would be the first to say that as well. 
uh, Corey Sanhagen deserved the unanimous decision. And ultimately, does it matter? No, I guess not. But these things tend to pile up, and we'll get to more on that in a moment. But I was so impressed with Corey. The way this guy switches stances so effortlessly, like that is not easy to do. And I know it's a little bit easier in MMA than it is in boxing because of the wrestling and whatnot, but it's still so impressive to watch. And he was so good against such a good boxer and used his length, used his range to his advantage. And then the stuff that he did on the ground, it was very, I I was blown away by that performance. I was truly blown away. Was it the firefight that some of us were expecting? Maybe not. But that was a masterclass. It really was. I was really, really impressed. And then the the, the call out afterwards was was just as fun. Him calling out Marab, which, by the way, how many people are calling out Marab Dwellishvili, who you could make a case for maybe being the toughest matchup right now for anyone in that weight class? How many dudes are calling out? Most dudes in that position are calling out Sugar Sean O'Malley, in my opinion. And and where do I sign up? Excuse me for Sugar Sean O'Malley versus Corey Sandhagen. Where do I? I mean, could you imagine that? striking affair that would be amazing Corey is not that guy he is not that guy he i mean that's the easy one right he calls out marab he calls out marab dualishvili who did what we just saw him do to Piotr Jan, who we all think so highly of just a few weeks ago says a lot about Corey, who Corey is um i don't know if you guys saw his his post fight press conference but his post fight press conference was also incredibly entertaining because he's just so brutally honest. He's so blunt with the way in which he speaks. I really, really enjoy everything about him. I, I feel like he's so comfortable in his own skin and just being himself. And I like that. He doesn't put on a front and is just an amazing fighter. I said it a long time ago. I said it prior to 2020. I think this guy will one day be a champion. And I still believe that. In fact, I felt like those feelings were reinforced on Saturday after that performance. Cheeto will be back. It's, it's a small setback for him. He's still a great fighter. He's still very much in the mix. I didn't like this whole, like, I'm not done yet talk. He's 30 years old. Cheeto Vera is 30 years old. He has improved. He was, he was on the short list for most improved fighter of last year. He's not going anywhere. Does he ultimately one day become champion? You know, that remains to be seen. But this guy is a great fighter who needs to learn how to maybe, you know, pour it on a little earlier. And, and, and that's something he'll work on, no doubt. But here's the thing that Cheeto has that a lot of people don't in MMA. He connects with people. He makes people care. He makes people want to root for him. He, he, he's as real as it gets. He's a very likable guy, but he has a very passionate following. And it's not because he you know, is, is great on social media. It's not because you know, he comes from a different world and was able to cross over. Like, there's just something about him that makes people care. And so that's the X factor. There are great fighters who don't, have a following who don't get people to care whose whose shelf life are shorter like the moment they slip up they go all the way back down the ladder cheeto doesn't go back down the ladder because of how good he is because of the recent run but also because people care and so he's going to have big fights he's going to have big opportunities in fact just yesterday he called out Piotr Jan, which I, I love that call out that's i mean the fact that he's calling people out 24 hours after a very disappointing loss speaks to just how special he is as well so 135 is super interesting and the thing is, I don't really feel like we need to make any proclamations here on this Monday because let's be honest, we don't really know how this is all going to play out. And there's so many what ifs. If Aljo loses to Cejudo on May 6th, how do you not do Marab versus Cejudo? And, and, and maybe Suga's getting the winner regardless. 
but you kind of have to wait and see what happens there, right? And if Marab does get the title shot, well, then what do you do? You do Sugar versus Corey, I would think. And if Marab doesn't get the title shot and you're going to give it to Sugar, then you got to do Marab versus Corey, I would think. Seemed like Marab was down in that sweet vest and that open collar. Guys starting, uh, well, not really starting fights, but like, you know, trying to back his boy Aljo in front of the heckling crowd. Did you see that? He's like climbing up the freaking barricade. The guy's the man. Love Marab. Love that division. Love everything about it. And uh, Saturday was a great showcase for it, in my opinion. It was not a great showcase for Texas. Texas is an absolute joke. Texas is an absolute joke when it comes to officiating. And once again, that was on display. Not only in the main event with the 48-47, they had Dan Mergliata judging UFC fights the last time Dan Mergliata judged a UFC fight was in the 20th century, was 1999. He did judge a couple of uh, Bellator fights in the year 2000, but why do you have Dan Mergliata judging? He's a ref. Now, w- is, he, is he as qualified as some other people out there like you and I? Sure, but couldn't find anyone else. 1999, and, and maybe I shouldn't complain. Maybe I shouldn't complain because here's the worst thing about it all. And the UFC can't wash their hands of this. No more. Enough. I'm done with that. Because here's the thing. You guys may have seen this. I didn't get a chance. Do we, do we have the screen grab? You guys have seen clearly the, the Fury FC. Um, I mean, the thing has like 2 million views on Twitter. One of the, There it is. One of the most disgusting moments in the history of MMA. Guy on the ground is completely out for seconds. And his arm is being twisted. And, and like, there's the ref. The ref's name is Frank Colazzo. And I don't want to pour it on him. But how are you not seeing that the guy on his back is completely out? This is disgusting. This is criminal. This is truly a travesty. You see that? And I don't know how you watch MMA again. Like, if you're scrolling through your timeline, you're a casual fan, and you see that, you're like, what the fuck is this sport? Like, are we waiting for someone to die? What exactly is going on here? The guy is out. His lifeless body is just being, like, his arm. The guy's out. Here's where it gets worse. Here's where it absolutely gets worse. That referee needs to talk to the commission, needs to explain his actions, needs to sit down and, 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 and have his, his, his resume and his recent body of work looked at, investigated all of that. But where it gets worse is the next night, the UFC is in Texas. That fight was in Texas. The next night, the UFC is in San Antonio, to be exact. That referee worked the UFC card. He worked as a judge. And oh, by the way, has no history of judging big MMA events. How in the world did that guy work the next night, a UFC event? Judge, referee, I don't care. Based on those actions right there in that fight, I'm more qualified to be a judge. Frank is more qualified to be a judge. No one that I know that is somewhat sane is watching that and not stopping it 30 seconds prior. And that guy was judging high level, the highest level of MMA the next night. What the hell? And this happens every time they go to Texas. doesn't matter if it's Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, Austin. They always put these unqualified, 
local characters on these cards. This is the major leagues of MMA. The, the highest that it gets. This is on ESPN. A couple million people probably watching. Plus with ESPN. Like, what? And you're putting that. Like, that's the part. And shout out to Eric Nixick for bringing this to my attention on Twitter. That's the part that blew me away. Not only was this guy not suspended, not only was his license not revoked, he freaking was working the next night. A UFC. He went from shitting the bed in a local card, local-ish, to then going and working a UFC event. Where's the statement? Where's the, where's, where's the sanction? Where's the accountability? Where's the reprimanding? And here's the thing. UFC and Dana White in particular are going to go up there and say that it's all the commissions. They do it. And they are right. The commissions are the one that most, you know, more often than not are the ones picking, especially when they're in the United States. That is true. But we have seen the UFC say, we don't want this guy working. Steve Mazzagatti, nowhere to be found after Dana White said, we don't want him working. And we have also seen the influence that Zufa and the UFC have on commissions. They could do what they want. They could go to Nevada and say, hey guys, can you sanction this slap league? Can you do this for us? They have that. You think that the UFC can't go to Texas and be like, tell me who you got, who's working, what are their credentials? Why isn't that happening? Why is it that every time we go to Texas, it's it's these characters that have no business refing or judging UFC events? Why is it that they are the ones working when they have no business not only refing or judging UFC events, they shouldn't be refing or judging the freaking strip mall karate classes based on their actions. You think I want that guy teaching my kids how to compete? How to learn? What the hell is going on? And how do they just wash their hands of this? How does someone not look at the list and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Isn't that the guy who's in this viral moment that just happened 12 hours ago? He's working our card? No thanks. No thanks. Can we get someone else? What the fuck? Like, this is fighting. And so we can, we can brush off the 48-47 because ultimately the right guy won. But what if there's another dope there who thought that Cheetah won? And now Corey Sanhagen is robbed of his win and robbed of his money. We can we can haggle about the Macy Barber Andrea Lee fight and that was a close one whatever but this was a five nothing fight and you scored it forty eight forty seven for Cheeto four to one at best but you still had it forty eight forty seven how is that possible and the freaking guy who 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 looked like he was watching a dead body out there he's judging the next night I mean what is going on. What the fuck is going on in Texas? How do they keep allowing this to happen? I say this analogy all the time, but like when the NBA came to Oklahoma City for the first time, they didn't get the local refs from the YMCA to start, you know, refing Oklahoma City basketball games. Just because the UFC has come to town doesn't mean, you know, every dude who owns a strip mall karate uh, school gets a chance at the big leagues. That's not how the way this should work. The UFC needs to take some ownership of all of this. It's their product. They're the major leagues. There's nothing wrong with saying we don't want this guy. Now, if we, if we want to draw a line that they can't pick, fine. I don't even hate that, to be honest. But there should definitely be nothing wrong with saying we don't want this guy, that guy, this guy. Pick again. Give us more names. Do a better job of finding talent. Do a better job of educating. Where are the sanctions? Where's the accountability? What are you doing on Monday after these events? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Fighters deserve better. They they deserve to have their safety looked after in a better way. 
and they deserve to know what the hell is going on when their fights are being judged. 48-4. Are you kidding me? I love Cheeto, but I mean, I think he'd be the first to say he didn't win that fight 48-47. What? What'd you guys think of Saturday? Uh, echo a lot of your sentiments. Um, great performance by Corey. Um, slow start by Cheeto, but kind of the way Cheeto fights. I think stylistically, if you were breaking down that matchup, you had to think that that was something that you could see potentially from Cheeto. What he's been so great at lately is kind of finding that shot, right? Like even if he starts slow, he's able to to make it count. And, you know, you see guys like Rob Font and uh, Dominic Cruz, obviously landing more volume and being able to get ahead early. Uh, but when Cheeto lands, Cheeto's usually able to to finish uh, his opponent. So um, Corey didn't give him that opportunity. And I think Corey's the type of fighter who is smart and knows that that style is there um, and, and did his work early and, and was able to get it done. And then Cruz did four and five as well. He, he seemed to be the one in control the whole fight. Um, as far as the judging, yeah. I mean, what more needs to be said? Like, this is... This is a problem uh, that doesn't seem to have anybody looking for solutions. I, I, um, I hate how dismissive they are. It's like, man, that's crazy. It's like, yo, this is your product at the yeah. end of the day. This is your product being judged. Don't you want the best people in place to judge it? Ultimately, people aren't educated enough to know that it's not the UFC's judges, that it's not the UFC's refs. Like, the, honestly, maybe not as much, but a couple notches below as much as they're investing in the PIs and all that stuff, the same needs to be invested in officiating. It can't just be some schmo working on your product, judging your product, overseeing your product. It can't be. There's too much at stake here. There's too much on the line from a wins-loss perspective, but from a safety perspective. That guy should not be anywhere near a cage ever again after that. Like, Steve Mazzagatti was infinite. What? What was Steve Mazzagatti's big, like, infraction that he freaking said John Jones lost that he took a point from Brock Lesnar in the heat of battle when you know it was a little bit dicey like what was he we never saw that out of him I mean we've seen some bad ones from Steve so not that dude I mean the, the thing about the Fury FC one is that everyone with eyes can see what's going on the commentators are screaming like he's out he's out it's over please stop the fight and then as you can see by the picture the dude standing three feet away isn't stopping the fight with like a like, perfect look at his face. It's not like his face. Yeah, is on the, you know like what I mean? No sense. The fact that like the commentators are screaming like he's out, he's out, he's out. Stop the fight! It's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's 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 scary. And honestly, I didn't realize. I did, I did not realize in the moment that that guy was working. Eric Nixick deserves all the credit for that. Maybe someone else noted it on uh, on Twitter as well. Shout out to MMA Decisions where you can go and look at someone's history. And I and I looked up the guy's history, and he has no history has no history working UFC events like this, of this of, of this caliber, of this magnitude. And now all of a sudden, he's in there the day after something has been... Like, you you deserve a suspension. And again, it drives... Suspension? Me. I mean, I go so far as to say that's like almost yeah. criminal. Like, yes. that, that guy's life was in your hands and you didn't do your job there. I don't know why anyone would hire him as as a referee again after that. But this this these, this creates some of the counterpoints, right? This creates some of the the issues to play devil's ad, advocate, right? If the pressure is the reper the 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 referees and the judges are being protected to a certain extent against the repercussions of this because they don't want them to make errors going the other direction, right? There's there's a certain um, pressure um, and fear of making mistakes that that could potentially come. Um, 
as the counter side of this. Also, when when you talk about like the USC taking responsibility, I agree. I think that that is, and and we've talked about this before. I agree that that's a step that needs to be taken, but I think it needs to be a, a collective, right? I don't think it needs to be the UFC. Yes, they should lead the charges as the most prominent organization, but I think this needs to be Bellator's concern. I think this needs to be Fury FC's concern. I think this needs needs to be everybody's concern who's fighting in jurisdictions that are overseen by these athletic commissions um, so that it's not viewed even more so in the way that the UFC is trying to select their referees or judges, right? This needs to be MMA as a sport is taking responsibility for this across all promotions and not just... Um, them, but certainly they have the loudest voice, and they need to they need to be at the, the head of this and pushing it. But I want to see Bellator take initi- the same initiative. I want to see Fury take the same initiative. Um, all of all of these promotions need to be on board with this. Thousand percent. The reason why I mention them is a biggest most events, yeah. but C. Wait, I guess that was <laughs> B. B. Well, the biggest most events would be B. But uh, C. Uh, they were next up. You know what I mean? That's why I'm saying they they were next up, and I feel like someone. I mean, even Dana White said himself he saw the clip. Right now, does he put two and two? Is it his, is it even his yeah. job? It's not. It's not his job. I mean, that's on the commission, in my opinion. Like the commission should have not had that guy anywhere near a cage for for some amount of time. Um, let alone a UFC. Yeah, let alone the highest profile event that you're going to get in the state. Um, so yeah, he sh- he should not have been there. Certainly, if the UFC had noted it, I would have understood and, and appreciated that. But that's the commission. The commission needs to be smarter and better than that. And also, I think it's fair to say, like, maybe their maybe their thought process was, hey, this is part of our staff, and we're not putting him back in the cage in a refereeing capacity, but he can do this job. And then he didn't do that job well either. So, um, yeah, a lot of mistakes. A lot of mistakes made here and and – you know, we talk we talk about the robbery as the consequences, but the person whose arm may not be the same after that, the person who was choked unconscious and then put into an arm bar, they've got much more dire um, consequences uh, than just just a bad decision. So there's a lot on the line for these athletes, and there there needs to be a push to make it better. Yeah. Um, but I think everybody needs to come together for this. That fighter's name, by the way, Johnny Vasquez. Um, yeah. The guy who was winning the fight and ultimately won was Edgar Chavez. Did you want to say something, GC? I saw you uh, open your mouth. Oh, just a, just a Vera scorecard was just uh, insanity to me. How how you could score that for Cheeto? Did you get any crazy. slips? Uh, split decision. I'm sure those dudes yeah. were happy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it almost feels like a robbery there to even yeah. to even take the sports books money. Like when they said Vera, I was just like, "There's no way they cannot do this to Corey Sanhagen." Like the two, the first two rounds were so definitively Corey Sanhagen, inarguable. I know all the judges gave it to him, but to say that he didn't win any of the last three rounds is is insane to me. Who does Corey Sanhagen fight next? What's the prediction? And I'm going to I'm going to say the, the Murat fight happens. Well, Umar this morning tweeted uh, that oh, they geez. offered him Murat in a main event and oh. he's looking forward to rescheduling it. He said he, they offered it for May 13th. Marab is injured, so he's looking forward to rescheduling it. Now, what? I'm not sure if that's... I don't know. What you Listen, the dude that just could fought be, two weeks ago. He's going to fight May... Let, let me read it verbatim so, oh, so we don't have this it. Shit. UFC Dana White offered me main event May 13th. I accept against Marab. He have injury. I wish him a speedy recovery, but I'm waiting to share the cage with him June or July. So he wants that fight. Does Marab want that fight? But if I'm Marab, obviously I think the more attractive fight is, is Corey Sandhagen. Um... And the story's there. Corey's building it up. So that that's where I would probably go. But 
But wait, so wait a second. Like Umar's so, in the mix. So GC said, you said you think Marab Corey happens, which means... Yeah, I didn't see the Umar tweet. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I don't think that's a thing. But which means, though, that you think Sean, Sugar Sean is going to fight the winner regardless of who it is, of Cejudo oh, Aljo? Yeah, I think, I think Sean yeah. O'Malley is going to get the title shot. The, regardless of the performances, I mean, we've... Is we've it weird talked- that Marab had a... Better win, yeah. But we've talked yeah. at length yeah, about know. you know qualifiers know, know, for know. a title shot. Sugar Sean O'Malley, you have him as the number weight, number one ranked bantamweight. I guess he's number two now, but uh, I mean, you have the potential to put him into a title shot. If you're Sean, you what's your what's your reason to take another fight? Like the champs both probably want you. If you're Marab, Huge what's your fight. reason? Just money. If you're Marab, what's your reason for what? To take any other fight? Yeah, I mean his... Yeah, because he, the champion is his friend. That's his, no, I'm that's saying his Cejudo, doing. That's if, his if, choice. If Cejudo wins. Oh, if Cejudo wins... Uh, because Sean's next? Yeah, I guess. Because we all they, assume that Sean's next? They haven't come out and said it. Yeah, they haven't, but man, it just feels like it it's fe- right there. It feels there. like a foregone conclusion, It feels conclusion, like it's right? just right there for him. Why does it feel like they don't come out and say anyone's an number one contender except for last week is like the only time in the history <laughs> that's, that's of right. well, we doubled down this week. Yes, even this more. Week. Yeah, no, it's, and it's said something cold. that was completely inaccurate but, as well. <laughs> but why would you ever do, just to circle back to that, there's no reason to do anything but O'Malley. It makes the most business sense. Yeah. It's it's the fight. Well, yes, the pay-per-view numbers will be huge. Yeah, why, like, why do you realize though, unfortunately, because I'm bummed about this because O'Malley's young and in his prime. By the time this fight happens, it, it will probably be a year since his last fight. I think it's October? worth it to wait for a title. Yeah, probably will. I mean, yeah. Like, well, what's it to him to fight no, incredibly no. difficult matchups no, no, in no, either no. Marab or, or and, Corey Sandhagen? And of all the guys, he's the one who, when he was on suspension, was actually putting in the work and in the lab and able to kind of build himself up. I I don't think he minds. I don't, listen, uh, he's a big star. I, I, so then I so Marab versus Corey is a freaking fight. <laughs> oh, Sheesh. man. I mean, yeah, yeah. you said it, bro. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Who wins that fight? I don't know. Uh, I'd favor Marab there. I would tune in. Uh, I can promise you that. Oh, it would be God. awesome, dude. Do, I mean, yeah, Corey, Corey looked like the, I texted y'all as as the fight was nearing an end. I was like, Corey, like borderline, made this look easy. Yeah, like I, he was so impressive. I'm, I may be zigging, you know, against the zag, but I feel like the the Jan fight was more impressive to me. That's where I saw him. Like, you know. This is going to be Monday morning quarterbacking in hindsight, but like stylistically, that's a fight that Corey can look good in against Cheeto. Like Cheeto is just not high volume enough. He's not bringing anything back in the direction of Corey that he can look that way. Um, yeah, I, I was like more I was more impressed though. by the by the Jan fight. I mean, I said it going in. It that that style matchup was. It, Cheeto needed to fight a different fight than he's used to fighting. Cheeto needed to fight a different fight than we've seen, and he fought the same fight that we've seen. You were, you were more impressed by a loss to Jan than you were a, yeah. a 50-45 really? against Cheeto? Yeah, I was. That's, that's Styles make fights, man. and, and I'm more, I was more impressed uh, how he was looking against Jan than that matchup. That, that particular matchup had a, had a chance to go that way. I think that was a very possible outcome. Volume-wise, if you're, if you're a volume guy and Cheeto can't catch you with the, with the finish, um, that's, how, that's how it's mostly going to look. The grappling, too, though, the first two rounds. And Perillo was great in the corner, being like, yo, what's going on here? And and even Cheetah was very honest, like, no excuses. For a second there, when they went to him with the uh, post-fight interview, I thought he was going to retire. Like, the mood uh. was weird, right? He's still so young. 
He no, just lost no, to Corey. He's it was the, the, the I don't know. I think he's just a super competitive. E- even dude. like his thing is like I'm not done yet. I'm like yet. What are you talking about? Like th- you're not 37. It's not like you just stumbled. You know, right at the finish line yeah. on a long run. He's good. He does have 31 pro fights now. Yeah. He had so much momentum. I yeah. feel like he felt like yeah. this was his time. Um, the, the wave was coming. Uh, and look, that's just a bad night at the office. Yeah, that's, that's all. It not is. only that, like, it's a real freaking tough guy. Yeah, Corey is very good. Beast. I mean, the way that he got cut open in round one, and like that was like essentially all the major damage he took the entire fight. Holly Holm with the big win over Yana uh, Santos. She looked good in that fight. Nate Landwehr with the submission win over Austin Lingo. Macy Barber. Uh, returns with a split decision win over Andrea Lee. Dicey scorecard there. Yep, that was the other one. Um, Albert Duryev against Chidi and Jokowani. It ends with a Duryev uh, split decision win. Daniel Pineda looked great. Uh, he got a guillotine yeah. choke Shout win over out. Tucker Lutz. Uh, Lucas Alexander with the win over Steven Peterson. Shout out to Steven Peterson. He retires after the fight. Gets a nice send-off there. Trevin Giles beat Preston Parsons via split decision. A lot of splits there. CJ Vergara had a great fight against Daniel De Silva. Oh, crazy fight. That first round, yeah. I was running around my living room. I mean, it was insane. Uh, that was actually the fight of the night. And also on the card, by the way, uh, they announced that Donald Cerrone heading into the UFC Hall of Fame. And so what a class this has turned into. Jens Pulver... Jose Aldo, Anderson Silva, Donald Cerrone, four very popular and influential fighters, three champions, one never was a champion, but I'm not surprised. saw some people saying he's not Hall of Fame worthy. Given what he meant to the company and the fights and the moments and all that, he's exactly the kind of guy that should be in the UFC Hall of Fame. Is he an independent MMA Hall of Famer? Uh, we could cross that bridge if that thing ever happens. But as far as like what he meant to the team, like you know how I equate it to a jersey being retired, he was the ultimate team guy in many respects. I had no problem with that. Did you have any problems with that, New York, Rick? No brainer, absolute no brainer. Like this is the UFC Hall of Fame. This is not. First of all, I think he would have like the quote unquote if we're comparing it to baseball, like counting stats. Um, to make him a Hall of Famer anyway, just because he's been around so long and, and won so much and done so much. Um, but UFC Hall of Fame is no-brainer. Yeah, like, how could Cowboy not be in this for what he... Did have that tough week there a few uh, years back with the MMAAA, where it seemed like maybe he wouldn't <laughs> enter, but uh, they quickly pulled the plug on that one. Still not sure if the eye injury was real or not. I still have not confirmed that. Remember that picture? Yeah, the, had the that, picture that was with from the movie set. I'm pretty sure. So why did he show up to the picture with the freaking eye? Yeah, I don't know. He had the makeup on, didn't take it off? I mean, come on. I don't know. Uh, anyway, so congratulations to Cerrone, and uh, that was a nice moment there Fight with his- Fight Milk sponsor. With his, uh, with his family. What was that? Fight Milk sponsor for Cerrone. Yeah, what is that? Always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> okay. That's how I got introduced to Donald Cerrone. What the hell is Fight Milk? It's, it's a gimmick. It's you gotta a, go, it's a You gotta go watch the episode. From, All right. From Always Sunny. Shout out. Milk. Um, All right, let's get to our first guest of the day, gents. Uh, We spoke very briefly that PFL had their first show um, as part of their PFL Europe series. First of four, a couple weeks ago, had Dan Hardy on to uh, announce that he was going to be a part of the uh, fighter operations team. In fact, the head of fighter operations for PFL Europe. He was a part of the broadcast on Saturday and did a great job, along with Stefan Struve, who I thought did a really nice job as well on the uh, on the call, sold out in Newcastle. Three more to go. It uh, it ends in December with the finals. They're doing a mini tournament for 100,000 
in Dublin. So that should be quite the scene at the Three Arena, which is, of course, where Connor fought in 2014, where Katie's fighting in May. And it felt like there were two people that they were really pushing who have become sort of like the faces of this PFL Europe push, which seems very promising for the organization, especially considering their deal with the zone. First was the main event. Simeon Powell had a really nice win in the main event. Seems like a star on the rise. Uh, I know they had some younger guys um, uh, lower on in the card, and, and they seem very promising as well. The young Irish fighter as well, very impressive. But to me, it was Simeon and also... Uh, the victor in the co-main event, Dakota Decheva, who looked very impressive, who remains undefeated, who is from a Muay Thai background, but scored a sub on Saturday and seems to be someone that the PFL, Europe or not, is very much behind. She's joining us right now. Let us say hello for the first time to Dakota. Hello, Dakota. How are you? Hi, I'm really good, thank you. Yeah, I'm really happy. <laughs> well, congratulations on the win and everything that's going on for you. Um, did it feel like you are one of the faces of this whole PFL Europe push for them? And uh, were you feeling that that pressure going into this fight on Saturday? Yeah, to be honest, I feel more pressure coming on here, Ariel. But <laughs> Come on, I don't believe but... <laughs> that, but thank you. I appreciate it. But um, yeah, I did. This is like the first show that I've kind of co-headlined, like, and I've been on PFL before, but on, on the undercard for like, the, you know, the million dollar tournament. So I haven't felt like the pressure that I did this time. It was obviously back at home in Newcastle um, in the UK. So I had a home crowd. Um, my face was kind of everywhere, everywhere I went. There was like PFL posters with my face on it. So I did definitely feel the pressure a lot more this time. How did you end up with the PFL? Because um, like I said, you have a great background in Muay Thai, your, your mother as well have the gym, we'll get into all of that. But um, they found you, they pushed you a little bit last year. And now with this PFL Europe thing, you're, you're, you're a shoe and you're perfect for it. But how did they find you? Because there are some, you know, there's Bellator doing their thing over there. There's Cage Warriors doing their thing. How did you end up with PFL? Yeah, I suppose they just kind of came came to my manager and, and you know, all my manager spoke to them. They was in talks and it's kind of the first promotion, big promotion like that that's kind of made the move Um to kind of snatch me up I think they just saw quite a story behind me with obviously like my mum like you said um and my family being in my corner and things like that they quite like the the whole family thing and they just want they just liked it and obviously they're, they're building me a lot now which is really good and and it's Decheva right am I pronouncing your last name correctly Dicheva, yeah. Dicheva, God, um, you're, you're kind enough to not correct me, but I hate that. So my apologies. I listen to all different variations. Dicheva, is that, wh wh where's that from? It's Bulgarian, yeah. So my dad's Bulgarian and my mom's English. So Okay. Yeah. And uh, was your dad a fighter as well? He wasn't, no. that's. I think that's what people like as well. That It's normally the men that, that do the fighting, but no, me and my mom were the fighters in our family. And my dad is, he didn't, he's never fought. Yeah. Wow. And and how accomplished was your mother? And, and this was in Muay Thai, right? Yeah. She, I mean, she was world champion in Muay Thai, in kickboxing, full contact karate. She was like really well known in her time. Yeah. She was one of the top women. Wow. And is she the reason why you, you do this for a living? Yeah. this. I mean, she isn't. Yeah, she isn't the reason. But I mean, like she's definitely put it in my genes somehow. <laughs> but um, yeah, she's had her gym like back at home for like over I think 30 years now she's had a gym, a Thai boxing gym, but she's never done MMA herself. So that was kind of just a natural progression that happened to me about four or five years ago. And I made that transition, but she's always been a fighter since she was younger. Yeah. How old were you when you first did any kind of martial arts? 
I was four. Yeah, four. I was four when I was. Sheesh. Yeah. <laughs> and and what was that? It was in Thai boxing. Yeah, so it was. It wasn't a head contact. It was like interclubs, but it was like decision fights. We've got some videos of me, and I was just as aggressive back then as I am now. Even as a kid, you could really see it in me, like <laughs> through the videos. And your first fight of any kind? How old were you? Four. Four as well. Come on. Oh, yeah. That's cr- I have a six-year-old daughter. I would never put... What is going on over there? It's called child services. Well, four years old? Oh, yeah. But it was no head contact. But yeah, it was a fight. Like, we, we, we fought. Yeah. And it's like a decision. So there's a winner and a loser. But you just... You don't get hurt. You've got gloves and a body fat on and stuff. But Oh, my yeah, gosh. Did you win? <laughs> I did. Oh, my I did. gosh. I, did really, I used to beat all the boys up when I was younger. You know, I was quite a... I was quite a tough girl, yeah. <laughs> what did your friend? I'm assuming your your friends didn't fight, like your 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 classmates. What did they think of you as as a fighter as you're growing up in school? Yeah, I mean, I think people quite found it quite interesting, but I wasn't like one of the popular girls at school or anything. I was just like I was really tiny, really slim, but I never got much trouble um, because obviously people. I think it was more the fact they knew my mum everywhere I went. Everyone was like. You know, even people at my school, I used to walk to the shop and they used to say, oh, hi, Lisa, to my mum. But they never used to say hi to me. Everyone used to like know my mum and be a little bit like wary of her, but no one was bothered about me. Wow. So she was like a local celebrity. <laughs> yeah. she. Everyone knows her around, around our, yeah, around our way. And even any like Thai boxing shows we go to, like everyone knows my mum. Yeah. And so when you're, when you're growing up, what is the goal for you? Because you say you only, you only crossed over to MMA in the last few years. Like what, what was your dream uh, to be a pro kickboxer, a Muay Thai fighter? Was that what you were shooting for? Yeah. I mean, at the beginning it was to be the top Thai boxer, the top female Thai boxer. Um, but I saw more of a career in MMA. Thai boxing still, I don't feel like has, you know, got the, the buzz behind it that MMA has. So I feel like I saw more of a career in MMA and it was always something I, I've always looked at. Like I used to watch Shevchenko and Joanna do the, um, the, the same tournaments in Thai boxing that I did, they both did uh, the IFMA tournaments, they're called. Um, and then they moved on to MMA and I used to watch them doing, you know, their stuff. So kind of just saw like different people progressing into the sport. And then it was just an option that came available to me. And that's kind of where I've ended up now. Yeah. Uh, is there any money to be made in Thai, you know, pro Thai kickboxing, boxing, anything like that? I mean, boxing's quite big in the UK. Well, but, no, boxing, um, yes, bo- but like Thai boxing. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Obviously, I know boxing is quite huge. Yeah, it's Thai boxing in the UK. I don't feel like, you know, you could make a a, a big career out of it, if I'm honest. But um, I feel like if you want to get somewhere, I feel like MMA would definitely be the, the place to be. And curious, why did you choose MMA and not just boxing? Um, I mean... I've come from Thai boxing, so like kicking and elbowing is something that's like so natural to me. If you take that away from me, I'm not really, you know, I like to elbow and I like to kick, like striking is my my main thing. So I don't feel like I would get the same buzz out of fighting boxing as I would MMA. Okay. I'd probably go back to Thai boxing over going to boxing, I think. Okay, interesting. And and as far as like your inspirations when you crossed over to MMA, was it the likes of Shevchenko, Joanna, those types? Were those the ones that you were looking up to? Yeah, definitely. And like within my first few fights in in MMA, amateur, like there were like some articles about me, you know, being the next Ronda Rousey and things like that. Ronda was quite a big, you know, person for me to look up to. So yeah, they were like the people that I've watched. Obviously, Shevchenko and Joanna from Thai boxing. So like their journeys were similar. I think that's why I gravitated towards them a lot. 
how do you not let all of this get to your head now? You're now, you know, you, like you said, you're all over the place. You're being pushed. They seem to be really behind you. How do you not let your head get too big and stay grounded? Um, I think I'm just that type of person anyway. I am just like a humble person. You know, I'm just, I love to fight. Like I've always said, if you, if I could take the fame away, I would still fight. You know, that's not why I've originally done it. It's not to be famous and become this crazy, you know, world star or anything. It's just kind of happened as I've, I've been fighting. But I think I, I used to say, even when I used to get nervous and fight, I used to say, if I could fight with no crowd, I would do it. You know, I've just kind of learned to put up with that. But I think that's what will keep me humble, the fact that I just love the sport and my family around me as well. We're all the same. So I think that'll just keep me very grounded. Any of your family members in your corner? Yeah, so my brother, my older brother is older than me. He's um, He does a lot of striking work with me at my mum's gym. Um, my mum still coaches me as well, striking when I'm back in the UK, but she doesn't corner me. She, uh, she just kind of steps back. But my older brother does a lot of work with me, yeah. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, back in the UK because you you train in uh, Florida as well, right? Um, why did you decide yeah. to, to to go over to uh, to Florida to train and and leave the home gym? Um, at first, I kind of went over there to you know um, experience like different gyms, pick different things up. But my last the last stop on my four week tour in America was ATT, and I just completely fell in love with the gym. Um, obviously, the sun helps in the UK. We're in the rain all the time. <laughs> it's not the nicest place to wake up to in the morning. But um, yeah, and the girls as well over here, I really struggle to find girls to train with. And going over to ATT, really, um, it stood out how much I need the female bodies to work with. And over there, they have a map full of them. So I think that was a real, like, you know, turning point for me, having the girls to work with. Are you shocked that you got a sub on Saturday? No. Everyone else is, but I'm not. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I mean, I work hard on my ground game. I love it. I just don't, I just haven't needed to show it yet. Um, I've obviously had a lot of stoppages stand up and I love to strike. So I've kind of always relied on that. But I have got a ground game and a wrestling game. I just don't use it that often. And I think that's why people are quite shocked at the moment. All I see everywhere is she won by sub, by sub. Yeah. Like everyone's so shocked. But me and my team are just like really happy that I got to show a little bit of it. But we're not shocked at all because I am. I am quite good on the ground. Your first jujitsu class, how long ago was it? Um, it was about four or five years okay. ago. Yeah. Wow. So even when you were younger, you never you never did any uh jujitsu or anything like that? No, I started MMA and within a few months I had my first amateur fight. Yeah, it was that quick. I kind of just picked it up quite quick. Yeah. You know what I love? The uh the post fight interview. You threw a little shade to the the women who were fighting previously. Split decision. You got to go in there. You got to make a statement. I like that. I, you're not here to make friends with anyone. That was good stuff. Yeah, of course. And I mean, I want the girls to bring the heat and like, you know, to bring the competition. I don't want no split decision wins and stuff. That's not what the fans want to see. You know, they want to see stoppages and, and brutal fights where you go all out, not close wins. So I'm hoping in the next round, it's going to up the girls, you know, whoever I face next will bring it a little bit more and get into a good fight with me now here's the thing it seems like you're very happy with pfl right you're, they're treating you well you like it yeah um but i did see an article uh very early in your career where you said the goal was to one day fight for the ufc that is out there and i'm not trying to cause any trouble here but i did see it yeah. uh that was before you met the pfl perhaps even before the pfl was a thing because they're not that old in their own right do you f still yeah. feel the same way or uh have your plans changed 
Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest, it's every fighter's dream to be a USC champion. You know, that is the top level at the moment. And that is obviously, I'm here to to be the best. So if that means like being the best in PFL, being the best in UFC, just wherever I am at that point. So right now, my goal will be to win this tournament and be the best in PFL Europe. And then if I go on to the main season, I want to win that million dollar you know, tournament and be the best there. But then after that, if if it's to change and go to the UFC, then I'll make it to the top and get the belt there. Like it doesn't matter to me where I am, just whatever situation I'm in, and you know that, that I'll be the best at that point. And that's kind of just how I'm trying to work on my goals now and see it that way. How long is the deal with PFL? I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think I'm in two a two year contract. I think. Does this count as year two or year one? This is year one. <laughs> okay, all right. Because last year we saw you as well, so I wasn't sure. Um, yeah, this is year one, I think. And are you on every, like if you continue to win, is the plan that you're on every PFL Europe card? I know there's four. Is it all the same fighters, same tournament, or will you not be on the next one? No, so I'm I'm contracted to fight under PFL three times a year, so they have okay. to give me the three fights, um, whether that's in the tournament or separate. It kind of just depends really how it works. But this year I'm in the tournament, so I'll have to fight them three times. Okay. Um, if I progress to the next stage, of course. So do you know the date of your next fight? Yeah, so the next round of the tournament is September. It's going to be in Paris, um, September the 20th it is. Okay, six yeah. months. That's a long wait. Yeah, it is a long way. And that's another thing we were a little bit like, I like to fight quite regular. You know, I don't like big gaps. I think I stay sharp when I'm in quite a lot. And I'm always training all year round anyway. So we we would have liked to fill that little gap. But um, let's see what happens. Obviously, with me being in the tournament, you know, I've got to wait to the next stage. So it's difficult. I mean, I fight in September and then the finals December the 9th or something. Right. So that's close together. But this long break is just a bit of a sticky one, I think. Yeah. Now, how do you feel about the fact, speaking of sticky one, um, yeah, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a diehard supporter of Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest, two champions of Europe, Man City zero in their illustrious history, never won. Champions of Europe, they'll never sing that. Uh, right now, you know, still in the mix, but how do you feel about that? Let us know. I mean, I mean, no one really knows Nottingham Forest, do they? Wow. Knows they I think that's all I really need to say. 1979, you don't remember this? When were you born? 99, 98? No, no one's. I mean, we're in 2023. Never once, Man (laughs) City, with all those great teams. I mean, they might not even be in the Champions League anymore with all these sanctions. How do we feel about that? They might get kicked out. They might be in the freaking uh, Wrexham division down there, four divisions down, if uh, this all pans out. Wrexham are doing well at the moment. They've got a lot of money behind them. (laughs) They do. Ryan Reynolds, shout out. You're a big football fan, right? Yeah, I am a big football fan. (laughs) What about that poor Phil Foden with the appendix surgery over the weekend? Did you hear about that? I know, but I mean, have you seen our bench? Like, it's even good, when we've got, it's good, isn't it? We, it is we don't good. worry, we're, we're going to be fine. Going to be fine. You, you think that'll be okay for Champions League? You like your chances? Yeah, 100%. We're good under pressure. City are like me. I'm good under pressure when I fight. They're good, they're good under pressure, you know, when they're playing. Don't worry about that. I thought all sensible people from Manchester always went with United first. Why did you choose City? At, at that age, when you were younger, United was, you know, they were the class. Why did you go with City? My whole family have been blues since way back. My granddad was a blue, like all our family are blues. There's no red in our family allowed. Wow. Not a single one. No, there's no dissenter in that bunch. There's no blues. No, there's no blues. Like in my cousins have got like... 
kids with uh, girlfriends, families who are, are all reds, but all the kids in our family are blues. They don't get to choose whether they're a red or a blue. They're all blue. <laughs> Favorite player of all time? Oh, that's a sticky one. I mean, I've got to say Sergio Aguero. I was gutted, you know, when he when he retired, but he's definitely uh, one of my favorites. He's the one that scored the goal, right? When they won the first time, they have the statue. Yeah, I know. right in the I, last second. Yes, I know my stuff. I went to Etihad. Are you sure you're not a City fan? No, but I went to Etihad in, in September. No, late August. I went to Forest versus yeah. City, my first Premier League okay. game. I don't know if you remember that game, but uh, Holland got a hat trick in the first half. It was not a great showing, but that's really where I fell in love with the Forest spirit. You know, they showed me more than anyone could buy a championship. It's It's the homegrown teams that I really like. You know what I mean? That's fair enough, yeah. Fair yes. enough. We, we don't have to be able to watch a game together one day. Yes. <laughs> and I'll be able to yep. <laughs> show you how City wins 7 8 now. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if you saw just a few weeks ago at the City Ground, the world famous uh, City traveled over. I think we, uh, we we got a point there against you guys. 1 1 it was. Did you, did you see that one in February? <laughs> No, I don't think it's. You don't saw it? Wow, that, that's weird. Uh, it was a pretty big one on a Saturday. Uh, by the way, what's going on in your neighborhood with the robots all over the place? It seems like there's attacking your grandmother. I saw that. What are those robots? I know. So they've just, the local shop around the corner from ours has set up like a delivery service of these robots. So you that's how your delivery comes now, not by people. It comes in that robot. So there's food yeah. in there? Yeah, so whatever you order from the shop comes in there and it delivers to your door. You open it and then it goes back to the shop and goes to the next Wow, <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah. So you're just walking down I the feel street like and, I'm like and there's robots just like chilling around you. Yeah, everywhere, all driving around. You're not allowed to touch them. Like they're not, you can't help them or anything. If you go near them, they'll freeze. They they all work on their own, like everything. <laughs> they Man. cross the road, they go up the path, like... <laughs> <laughs> any accidents like do they ever get run over or anything like that i think my nana's been watching out and she said one crashed into a car the other day so <laughs> she's been looking out for them she's watching them all the time for someone you know of an uh, older generation that must be a trip to see all this right like this is straight out of the movies we don't even have that here no i know I, even i'm a little bit like shocked i'm i'm not quite getting my head around it at the moment but she my nana she's absolutely loving it she's just she just, obviously, from when she was younger, it must be a complete opposite yes. to what she's ever seen before. So she's quite quite into it. Does she go to your fight as well? Oh, no, she doesn't go, no. She does she, she never went to watch my mom. My granddad used to go, but my my, mom, my nana didn't like to watch my mom fight. She doesn't watch me, no. She'll watch it on, I've got her on iPhone now, so she'll watch it on the, on the phone, but that's it. Will she watch it live or wait until she knows that all went well and then watch it? She'll watch it live if she's with my family, but if my family are in, like my family come to Newcastle to watch, so she watched it the next day this time she, when she was on her own. Your poor Nana, uh, your mom retires <laughs> from fighting and then all of a sudden her daughter <laughs> is fighting. She's like, oh, God, I thought I was done with this. And now she has to watch her granddaughter. It's horrible. It's the same with my dad. Like my That's dad true. watched my mom fight, you know, had to corner her and now like his daughter's going through it all. I feel sorry for him as well. <laughs> um, that might be worse than seeing your, sp I don't even know, know. what's worse. Jeez. <laughs> um does he go to the fights he does but he doesn't speak for like a full day like he'll <laughs> he'll be quiet until the fight's over and then he'll be absolutely fine wow okay um yeah. well he doesn't have to worry about a lot you're doing great uh congratulations on the big win very impressive stuff 
I know you don't want us to harp on this, but the submission was impressive as well. So well done to you on that. And uh, I love what you're doing out there. So keep it up. And uh, I hope that it all goes well for you this year in the PFL tournament. Oh, you too, Ariel. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been an honor to be on your show. My pleasure and good luck to City. My my son is a huge City fan, so I do I do kind of like them for him. He wants uh he wants Holland to win one. So if uh, Forrest oh, nice. can't do it, good luck to you guys. Oh, thank you very much. All right, take care. There she is, Dakota Ditcheva. I screwed it up the first time, but I'll get it right. Um, great stuff and uh, appreciate her coming on. She's a big time star, uh, young in the game. And uh, just what, uh, 19, I think she's born in uh, 99, so just 20, no, 98, excuse me, 24 years young, and PFL very much behind her, obviously out of Manchester, and one would think, given her mom's popularity and her family's popularity in Manchester, they could do quite well. I'm sure a lot of those people traveled from Manchester to Newcastle on Saturday. Station. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash mma.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. She gave him something to be happy about. It was a nice first card for them. Uh, Lewis McGrillen was the other fighter that uh, I mentioned did I say he was Irish? I screwed that up. He's from Manchester. You know why I thought he was Irish? Because PT kept talking about him, and I just figured he would talk about anyone who's <laughs> Irish. Um, <laughs> no, that's a big faux pas. Jeez. I might call it a day here, guys. Sheesh. Um, no, but he was great. The striking was on point, 7-0. and Big win for him. So, yeah, it was a nice little... Uh... Did I screw this up? I've screwed up so much stuff. Over the last day with times and Zoom links. So I think I might have screwed it up. But in a matter of moments, we're going to be joined by Gamebred Jorge Malabidal. Big couple of weeks for him. April 1st, Milwaukee. April 8th, Miami against Gilbert Burns. Massive couple of weeks. Obviously very much uh, in the news because of the, uh, the whole welterweight division situation. 
Looking forward to hearing his thoughts on Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards and, and his coach, Dave Lavelle, uh, pushing for him to get the title shot if, in fact, he wins on April 8th, which is no small task. But he's got his big game-bred boxing card this Saturday at the Pfizer Forum in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, headlined by Showtime Pettis, Anthony Pettis, the pride of Milwaukee, going up against Roy Jones Jr. Mr. Y'all must have forgot himself. Also, Jose Aldo against Jeremy Stevens. There's a lot to like. It's this Saturday on UFC Fight Pass. We've got the face of Game Bread Boxing joining us right now, Mr. Jorge Maravidal. Oh, there he is. What's up, Jorge? How are you? Where are you at? At the gym? Sheesh, look at those I'm biceps. At the gym. You're at ATT? Do you know who that is? Hi, Dan. How are you? Tony Khan asked me to pass a message along to you, Ariel. Bring it. Bring the message. What is it? Is he buried in snow? Can he not can oh. he not send the message himself? Sheesh. Wow. Wow. Can you see us, Aaron? No, it's frozen. Aaron, can you see me? No, it's frozen. Oh, Chris, that was the message. <laughs> the message was frozen. I mean, apropos, uh, considering the message. Why is it frozen all of a sudden? I don't, it's it's my phone, but bro, I don't know what happened. Are you on Chris. Wi-Fi or, or cellular? No, come here, fix this, bro. What is going? I see a picture of a wall there, but I don't see you. I mean, this is crazy. Here we are trying to promote Game Bread Boxing this Saturday, April first, and this is the type of reception we get. <laughs> no, 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 just unlock. What happened? Oh. Yo, I see you now. Yeah, it's a little up, bit di dicey, dicey. How I are you? We do the interview better from here than the car, you know? Yeah, sure. I mean, this is equally Broker, as bad connection-wise, but it's all good. Uh, <laughs> how are you? No Everything... I, I thought it looks good and clean. No, it looks horrible. It looks like you're... I'm you're... so good, brother. Just... looks like you're broadcasting from a potato right now, Jorge. Yeah, it looks horrible. Yeah. Is there an office or something that you, you could go to in there? Yeah. kind of operation do we got over there? Well, okay, I'm going to call you right back. Let me change the Wi-Fi. All Sorry, right, here bro, we I go. thought the Wi-Fi was banging. Let me no, call you right this back. Is, I mean, this is worse Thank than uh, anything we've ever seen. I'm on pins and needles about this uh, Tony Khan thing. No, I think that was it. Uh, I think that was it. Uh, I felt like my reply was pretty good in the moment. Quick on my feet on that one. No? It was good, man. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Um, why are you killing me with the spy? First in the car. Come on. He's trying. I'm trying to promote a card here. Looks a lot better now. Does it look better? Yeah. Oh, we'll bring him in in a second. Thank you, Jorge Masvidal, joining us. All right, here he is. All right, here we go. Uh, Jorge, you there? I think Oh, this is yeah, good. I'm... This is nice, Jorge. This, this is good? This is much better. This is the American top team Wi-Fi. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, shout out to them. Uh, okay, so a lot to get to. Jorge, you got this massive fight in less than two weeks, but you got a massive card in, in five days. How are you balancing all of this? I'm a little bit worried. I mean, it's a lot going on in your oh, life no. right now. I mean, no? I, I mean, when it comes to the card, I'm, a, I'm in the passenger seat. All the hard work for that card got done weeks ago, brother. All I do is just reshare, repost, and and I'll do this. I'll talk about fighting with you, but any any like real issues... I don't handle that. That's not for me to handle. I got something to do April 8th, and that's fight and kick ass. I don't mind promoting fights, you know, and, and talking about fights because that's my world is, is combat, is fighting. But as far as, like, me going anywhere, doing anything, 
or or talking to any sponsors or any of that nonsense. Hell no, man. I'm a fighter first. Okay, good. Um, are you feeling good about how everything is shaping up for April first? Do you feel you know we had I think one uh, change, but it wasn't on one of the top cards. Everyone's in place. Every because I have to be honest when we when you came on the show and announced it, people were like. This doesn't seem real. Like it's like, what is these fantasy matchups? So everything's good. It's all going down Saturday, Milwaukee. It's all going down Saturday, Milwaukee. I know it's on April first, but this is no April Fool's joke. Tune in, my brothers. Um, and and if you're on the fence right now, like, should you tune in? A lot of us are, you know, are on the fence too because we don't know what's gonna happen. Is youth gonna beat Wisdom in the Roy Jones Jr. versus Anthony Pettis fight? Roy Jones is one of the fucking baddest motherfuckers that ever entered the ring. But has age caught up to him? Is Pettis bringing enough youth and and that bravo that you have when you're in your youth to, to get Jones? We don't know. So you got to tune in. Then we got Vitor Belfort versus Jacare. Jacare hits like a truck. Vitor Belfort's a little older now. Another fight that I'm undecided. I don't know what's going to happen. And then Jose Aldo and um, Jose, I mean, Aldo and, and Jeremy Stevens, we all know what's going to happen in fireworks. Those guys are going to throw hard from the moment that bell rings to the moment one of them leaves in the stretcher. So... You know, all we could promise you in, in this craziness is sheer violence, man. And, and guys getting after it. That's why every one of these guys that I booked, I made sure that their past records indicates that they get after it. That they're going to come knock somebody out. They're going to come break somebody's face. And that's why I booked them against each other and on this card all together. Will you be there in attendance on Saturday? I will not be there in attendance on Saturday because I got to fight April 8th, wow. man. You know, so I, you can't go in for the day? It's a home game for I, you I on could, April 8th. I know, man. I could go in for the day, but just to think about putting all the travel and stuff. And really, man, I, I, I owe myself more than 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 any any traveling could do, you know, because this fight sets a lot of things in, into precedence. So um, I, I just can't do it, man. I just got to stay here. And just flying alone adds mouse weight to your body, you know, just water weight and stuff, but extra water that I need to cut. So I'll be staying back home for that one, watching it from the TV, showing all the support to all these great fighters. And it's just the, the way that it's shaped out that I'm not there for this event, but every part that I've ever been a part of that I've promoted, I've always been there for weigh-ins and for fight night. Just this one was a little bit too close for comfort for me. And, and like I said, th this next fight is everything for me. So I'm big in the promoting game, but I'm bigger at fighting, man. That, that's my number one thing is fighting. You know, I put all the right people in place to take care of what's left. Does it feel weird to have this big event with all these massive names? I mean, this is a big freaking deal. And and not be like, do you think you'll have FOMO a little bit on Saturday? No, not at all. I, I really wanted to go initially, you know, and I was considering it, but my father, my coach told me, hey, we'd rather you not go, you know. Um, it, just stay back. And, and I was like, all right. And and no FOMO whatsoever because I got something to do April 8th, man. It's huge. It's not that it's bigger, it's just different. It's huge. It's for myself. And I got to take care of that. I got to take care of that for my city. So, I'll be locked in, and I think it's going to be the best. I'm going to be watching this event that I helped make and, and, and bring to life, and I'm going to enjoy all the madness of the event, all the roller coasters that you get watching a fight, you know, in, in, in your feelings and stuff, and the ups and the downs and all that. I'm going to enjoy that from the comfort of my home. Then the show's going to end. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to fucking go work out every day until fight day, and, and then I'm going to break Gilbert's face, and I'm going to go to England and get that belt off what's his face's name and that's it okay so let me ask you when you saw uh a week ago leon beat kamaru did it energize you even more for this fight on april 8th because it feels to me like all of a sudden you know with leon saying what he said afterwards with his coach saying like they want you but obviously you have to win so now it feels like the stakes were raised even more for this fight did you feel the same way 
Uh, 100%. I feel that um, the, the stakes been raised no matter what. Whether I was fighting Gilbert and, and my next fight was going to be with Joe Blow or for the championship, I, I feel that uh, that I had to give it my all because it's in my city, Miami. So n- no matter what, I was already going 100%. It's just that knowing that that's on the line and I could challenge for the belt a third time is is amazing, man. It's just another cherry on top. But first things first, I got Gilbert that has two hands, two feet, knees, elbows, all that shit. So I got to, I got to, I'm focused, I'm dialed in on this guy, but I know what comes after him. And, and really not that this guy or anything, but um, he's just a step in the right direction for me, you know. But I'm very, very hyper-focused on him. That's why I'm not going nowhere, I'm not doing nothing. That's why I've been a ghost in the whole world for such a long time. And, and uh, I'm just going to continue to grind until I get that fucking belt, man. What did you make of Leon's performance last weekend in, in the UK? I, you know, I'm I'm a purist at fighting and stuff, and you know, I thought both guys weren't fighting to their ability or potential, you know, for whatever reasons be. It it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the fight the fans deserved, and uh, it, it's something that it's always been known of the two of them for the whole career. That's why they're not like fan favorites. That's why they don't break pay per view records. They don't risk it. And fans ain't stupid, man. They they know what they're watching. They know they want to. You get a guy in there, win or lose, like me. I'm going for your juggler. I'm, I'm going to get you out. And I have the ability to get you out. I'm going to get you out. A lot of times these guys are just playing points and, and very strategic and one tool at the air and then move for like three minutes. And, you know, it's not the type of fight that I bring. So the division definitely needs me more than I need the fucking division. You know? So you thought it was boring, in other words? Fuck yeah. Were you surprised Leon won? No, I wasn't surprised Leon won. Why? Um, it was in England. I, I thought Usman came back rather quick. He's a hell of a competitor, but getting knocked out like that and coming back as quick as he did, you know, he might have not been, I think, at his best mental space, you know, and it, it might have showed in the fight. Okay. Now, immediately afterwards, they never do this, Jorge. You know they never do this. Dana White, very adamant that Colby Covington is next. And even when he was asked, what about the Jorge Gilbert fight? I thought when the moment that fight was done on, 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 on Saturday, what was it, March 18th, when the moment that fight was done, I was like, wow, they just got a gift because Leon wins. He has the history with Jorge. That would be a gigantic fight, a stadium fight, if you ask me. Or Gilbert has never you know, fought for uh, a belt against Leon. Like You've got now a gift. Usman has been there for a long time, so nothing was fresh. They're going to go out and say, all right, now it's up to Leon, excuse me, uh, Jorge and Gilbert to go out and prove that they're the number one contender. And what happens? We get Dana doubling down and then tripling down this past weekend that it's Colby getting the title shot. What is your reaction to this? I love Dana, but Dana says a lot of things, man. Um, history says one thing. Whoever, whoever makes the most noise when they fight, whoever fucking sells the most pay-per-views and whoever fans want to see at the end of the day, that's who'll get the title shot. And on top of it, as I recall, champions have always called the shots. And uh, Kobe is only a champion of calling cops that cock-sucking bitch, pussy-ass motherfucker. So um, I'm just going to continue to do me. I'm going to go out there and break fucking uh, Gilbert's face. And then Leon is going to call my name out. And I'm going to go fight Leon for this belt. And that's it. And then, you know, Kobe could just sit in the timeout box until I call his ass up to fight me again. And so despite the fact that he's so adamant, you you, you don't believe that that will come to fruition? You believe that if you do impressive things on April 8th, you're getting the shot? Um, Nobody's told me that, but I just got this weird feeling in my heart, man, that I just got to go out there and do my job and all the chips will fall in place. Okay. Um. And, and, and what, what about the fact that Kobe, in your opinion, like didn't fight for a year? Apparently they 
we're talking about a Hamzat fight, doesn't take that fight, shows up as the backup fighter, and now gets this. How do you feel like that? Like, what, what kind of message is that, in your opinion? Well, you don't want to know the whole backstory to it, because... You know, no, I do want to know the whole backstory. A bit, well, Kobe was saying he had a brain injury, you know, and uh, with his brain injury allegedly was because of me, you know? So it's just funny to me, all this bullshit, man. And he was just uh, trying to fucking sue me after, you know, saying numerous things that if he'd see me in the street, he'd fucking leave me in a puddle of my own blood and all this shit and a podcast that heard over like 2 million people heard. So it's like, this guy's like delusional, bro. This guy's going around saying one thing and then does a complete opposite. So I don't think anything of this guy. I, I, there's nobody in the sport that, that I firmly dislike but him. You know, he's, he's that fellow that I just fucking, I, uh, he's not my cup of tea, bro. You know, and allegedly this and allegedly that. I can't talk too much about it. Okay, okay. But I'll tell you this much. When we get in the cage again, I'm going to kill his ass legally, bro. I've been training for him since the moment that fight was done. I've been just preparing for him and, and these wrestler-type fucks, man. You think that fight happens again? Oh, yeah. I know it happens again. Really? Before it's all know, said bro. and done, it has to happen? Before, before my career is done, that fight happens again. And I leave Kobe in the hospital for a good amount of time. Is that is that I, your? I just know it. Sorry, go ahead. I just know it, bro. I, I just know it. You know, uh, going into that fight, I wasn't the best, and um, and I think it showed in many ways. Um, my the best version of me. Numerous things, some outside factors that you can't just control going into a fight, and um, and whatever, and and he wasn't able to put me away, hurt me, do anything like that. And I lasted the five rounds with him, hurt him a couple different times in the fight. So I know that if I went that far, and he wasn't able to do to me nothing i know i could pull it off man i i know with a proper training camp and um putting more chips on my side i'll end this motherfucker uh, i'll put him to sleep bro and you know talk is cheap so let me just go out there april 8th put my hard head on and get to work and then after that whatever happens and after that whatever happens but i will get kobe at some point is that your biggest regret that performance of your career yes and no you know um, i'll explain more about that performance later on and stuff after we, we, we fight the second time, but it definitely wasn't my best performance, I'll tell you that much. Okay. And 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 by the way, I understand that it's it's a legal thing, but just because we're talking about it, where does that stand, you and him, the the, the legal issue? I still got three felonies because this little bitch that allegedly I did this and allegedly I, I did that. This guy's a lying piece of shit, coward. The same coward that we've all seen him be on fucking TV, and now he's trying John Anik, saying he's going to kill John Anik. Like, who the fuck are you, bro? You're a fucking gangster? You're a cop-calling bitch person charges saying that another pro fighter gave you brain damage off allegedly this and allegedly that. This guy's a fucking comebinga, bro. I'm telling you, bro. This guy's a bona fide snitch. He's telling John Anik, you're not going to have fuck Your children are not going to have you in this and that. Shut the fuck up. You're not going to do shit ever in your life, you fucking pussy. Yeah, that that felt a little much, right? Like, I mean, what is you know, he's a broadcaster. You're gonna, you're gonna I, I get it if you try somebody like Tail Sonnen's ass or fucking Daniel Cormier because yeah. they're fighters and whatever, and you see them, you know. But you, you you're just straight up trying a journalist, a civilian, a guy that that's not a combat fucking veteran or nothing, you know. Why doesn't he talk like that to these other guys that used to fight? You know, he won't because he's scared of them. You know, he, he'll talk like that to Anik because Anik weighs a buck forty and fucking he's not a fighter, man. Right. But it, it, it's always who Kobe's been, bro, you know? Uh, who do you Remember think when Verdun threw? I yeah. was there when Verdun bounced a boomerang off his head. That dude went running to the cops immediately in Australia, man. 
the UFC said, hey, bro, there's no need to involve the cops. And they said, I don't care. And he went to the fucking cops and got him involved. And called the cops on fucking Verdun in Australia. Filed a police report and everything like a little bitch. Went to the police station in Australia to file a police report. You hear what I'm saying, man? Like, this guy's a fucking bitch. Who do you think wins, him or Hamzat? Oh, both pussies. <laughs> but Hamzat? Hamzat too, bro. You fucking, you miss weight by 8.5 pounds. Get the fuck out of here. And you're still talking about nobody wants to fight you. And this is, go fucking make weight before you talk about fighting, bro. That, that's the first thing, you know? Don't do steroids and make the fucking weight that you agreed upon as a fucking man. You're going to miss by 8 pounds and think it's all cool and be calling people out? Get the fuck out. And then I saw him do a comment that he was calling out Pereira. Like, who the fuck are you? This is the world champion. Yeah, you don't even have a fucking win over a top 15 guy. Get the fuck out of here at 185. Go fucking, like the rest of us, put your hard hat on, put your mouthpiece on, get to work. For That's the new age here, bro. Everybody's got an Instagram now. Everybody's got an opinion now. And everybody just wants to talk, man. Go out there and put in the work. You can't miss weight by 8.5 pounds and call for title shots. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here with this new shit. This new style of fucking promoting and fighting. Go fight and then talk. You know what I'm saying? These motherfuckers, though, man. And, and look, the guy that he got a split decision win over, I'm about to go bury that dude, bro. So people can see the level of difference between me and a lot of these corny-ass New Age motherfuckers, bro. You think he's on steroids? I couldn't tell you yes or no, but th- these are, like, common things among spiders. Like, you know, don't don't cheat to, to compete against one another. I see you know what you're what saying. saying? And, make, and make the fucking weight, you know? And that's it, bro. And then the rest, you know, fight like like fucking man. But these these, these new solid of breed that's coming up now, they got it twisted, bro. Good thing I'm still here to put, you know, wisdom in these guys and fucking beat it in them. What do you have to do to beat Gilbert? How, how do we how do we get back on track here? What is the key in your opinion? He's punching him in the face. Often. <laughs> just punch him in the face and then just punch him in the face a little bit more. And then when he thinks I'm not going to punch him in the punch him in the face some more, you know, and that's it. And Gilbert, you know, he's tough until he runs out of gas or until he gets hit hard. You know, he's like a front runner where we stop, man. And, uh, and he's got a lot of uh, sissiness in him that I'm going to bring out, man. He could get all butthurt and mad. But at the end of the day, every time I see him get hit with a decent shot, he always looks for the way out immediately. Or if he's in a, in a fight where a guy's wrestling back in him and can't get that takedown right away, he starts to fold and melt, man. So I just, I just got to bring it to him, you know. You know, the guy who's headlining your show this Saturday, Roy Jones Jr., uh, back in 2003, came out with a tremendous rap song that I still quote to this day, Y'all Must Have Forgot. I wonder if that applies to Jorge Masvidal going into April 8th. Do you feel like people have forgotten who you are? Oh, definitely. But uh, April 8th, y'all must have forgot, you know. Um, I, I really don't care, man, because I, I ain't never forgot. And... uh. And I, and I get it for the people that have forgotten because that's the awesomest thing about combat is you're only as good as your last fight. So I can't blame him. If you forgot, I still love you, man. Ain't no meat, no beef. Any fan that forgot or anybody, you know, it's it's my job to remind him on April 8th. I feel like I got the perfect candidate, the perfect opponent, put a hole in his face and remind everybody that I'm nothing but violence. I know you and Leon aren't the best of friends, but in a weird way, isn't there like a little bit of love there? Like shout out because... He- one who's trying to make this thing happen, right? Him, his coach, like they're asking for you. He's the champ asking for you. It's not a bad spot to be in. I mean, I feel like there's like, no. right? Like a shout out, no? No, no, not a bad spot at all, man. Not a bad spot at all. I personally don't hate the guy. I know he doesn't like me, but he, he has to, at one age, maybe in his older age, you understand, like I'm the one that cut off his interview. 
I'm the one that was talking shit online. I'm the one that told him to shut up while he was doing this interview. And then when he approached me, I put my hands up. You know, I mean, I'm talking for him. Yeah. You know, when I approached him, he's the one that put his hands up in some video. So then whatever happened, happened afterwards. But you started that whole shit. You would have just walked by my interview and not cut me off and not told me to shut up and not put your hands up. I probably wouldn't have had to serve you up, you know. But since you fucking got stupid and you acted like you're some fucking delinquent from the hood, I got to treat you like you are, you know. So, you know, if you're cool, I'm cool. And if you're not, well, then fuck it. Let's scrap because I love the fight. You know, I don't like to say too much out loud because then Dana White wants to take advantage of that, of guys like me that love the fight and actually like to, to do this, you know. But I love the fight, so... If you give me a chance to do it, whether I'm getting paid or not, I'll probably take the bait every time. Uh, do you think that show could sell at a stadium in the UK? I feel like it can. That Back. fight. Yeah. The O2 Arena? No, bigger. It's I sold out. Bigger. It's sold out already, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Bigger, bigger. Let's go to Wembley or something. I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a, you might not believe this, but I'm 10 times the draw that fucking, what's his face, is in England. And nah, I mean, that's crazy. Me. What are you talking about? Leon's an English guy. <laughs> <laughs> what are you fucking talking about, motherfucker? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm a bigger draw in fucking England. Ask motherfucker. Then the English guy? Then the English guy? Oh, he's not even fucking English. He doesn't know what he is. He's, one day he's claiming he's fucking from Jamaica, Kingston. <laughs> the next day he's fucking, I don't know what, Egypt. That guy's not from nowhere, bro. I, I'm the fucking gonna beat the English dude up with more English fans than him, bro. I'm telling you, bro. You're the A side? You know Come. <laughs> how many how many pay-per-views him and Usman just did it's not out there I don't know it just happened exactly if the number was anywhere decent believe me they would have hinted at it already because it's digital shit they already know all this yeah, that's shit true. They, that's oh, a good point. No, no, no. bullshit it's digital They're, if that number was good they would have leaked that shit out already oh Leon blah 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 500,000 pay-per-views you ain't see shit because they ain't sold shit cuz nobody know both of them bro they're good competitors, they're good fighters, but they don't put it all on the line. So no, nobody be buying this shit, bro. What, what's your highest? 1.3, cuz. Wow, which one? Nate? Uh, me versus the first one. The first one. Seven days notice. It's whack. Seven days notice. Crazy time. Um, by the way, speaking of Nate, you think that fight ever happens? Ever? Or now that he's gone, you think it's done? You and Nate, too. I feel like that one should have happened. I, I, I thousand percent feel like it should have happened, but you know, right after the Nate fight, I get offered the title fight, and then I get offered the title fight again. So Nate gets all butt hurt, and in between the title fights, we're reaching out to his camp. Do you guys want to make it happen? And they just wouldn't ever fucking respond back. So a big part of me is like, why would this guy sign up to get killed again? You know, because it's just a bad style matchup. He's not gonna take me down, and I'm not gonna get tired throwing strikes. You know, he's broken a lot of guys mentally like that. Like, I've never done that. Like, I'm, I'm not going to get tired throwing striking combinations. This is, this is why I'm an athlete and I'm conditioned for this, you know? So I just think it's a bad style matchup. He, he'll go on a thousand interviews and say this and that, that he would have took the fight in a heartbeat notice. But every time the fight got brought up to him, they never took it, man. And we're here, you know, will it happen now? I don't even know if that guy still fights. I don't, I don't care. He's not in the UFC, so I don't, I don't see him, you know? I don't, I'm not thinking about this individual. Okay. I'm just saying about the boost from the top five at the UFC. That's all I think about. And so, in conclusion, is it is it fair to say a win isn't just enough on April eighth? You need to do something spectacular to, like, let the brass know who the real title contender is here. Do you feel that way? 
it's you know even if the title was on the line it's 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 in my hometown where it happens to be where it all started mm. so just for that alone i feel like an exclamation is is much much needed you know in, in, a, in a way that i only i could deliver the miami boy in miami you know delivering because you got to have a little bit of swag to it as well you know just like that five second knockout we got to break the record of style you know down here so I, I feel like I, I got to go out there no matter what and just give the best version of me and everything else will fall into line. Not that I got to hit any particular one move or this and that, but just go out there and compete and fucking give it my all from start of the belt to end of the belt, you know? Oh, man, I can't wait. You think you're going to be nervous? Uh, not nervous, but maybe, you know, anxious to get out there once I'll be hearing the crowd and stuff like that, but not nervous, you know? Okay. It's been a long time in sport. I don't need to get nervous like that anymore. Any truth to the rumor you're going to walk out to Welcome to Miami by Will Smith? That is true, confirmed. <laughs> For real? Are you really? No. Bienvenidos a Miami. Welcome to Miami. Bienvenidos a Miami. And I got Chris Rock as one of my backup dancers coming out. So. Sheesh. Look at this guy. Unbelievable. I don't know what happened to my mic here. Uh, Jorge, you're the man. Good luck this Saturday, April 1st, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, UFC Fight Pass. And, and on pay-per-view, we've got Game Bread Boxing headlined by Roy Jones Jr. versus Anthony Pettis. Holy smokes. Vitor Belfort versus Jacques Ray, Jose Aldo against Jeremy Stevens. It's banger after banger after banger. And then April 8th, of course, in Miami, in the 305, Jorge Madvidal finally comes home against Gilbert Burns. Let them know, Jorge, all right? Let them know, my man. And then that Monday... Right there, we got a usual tradition. Get on the show, we'll do a thing. And I got another groundbreaking, oh. historical event. Because I told you about this boxing, but you didn't believe me. Yeah, I did not. Remember, you didn't believe me? No, right I did. Ah, uh, she. But that's eight, April 9th. 10th. 10th. That'll be 10th. I'll see you April 10th, all right? I'll be breaking the news in that bad boy. You're the man, Jorge. Let them know. Good luck to you, all right? Thank you. All right, there he is. Game bread. Jorge Masvidal joining us. Tremendous. What was going on there? Did you guys hear that? Yeah, we're was working it? on that. Was that for the public or was that no, for the static me? was just for you? Oh, perfect. Don't worry about me. As long as the yeah. public's good. Uh, I'm fired. I mean, Jorge got me fired up there. Sheesh. Got me fired up. Um, I'm excited. By the way, I want to let you know. Speaking of, I mean, we're so lucky. We're so lucky. Not only do we get Game Bread Boxing on Saturday, not only do we get NCAA Final Four, not only do we get WrestleMania 39, oh, oh, WrestleMania, da-da-da-da-da-da. We also get the first official PFL card of 2023. We had PFL Europe this past Saturday, but this is the beginning of the season. Brendan Lochnane against Marlon Moraes on the card. I mean, are you kidding me, Frank? What's better than that? Nothing. Nothing's better than that. I mean, absolutely nothing is better than that. Brendan Lochnane versus let me let me tell you who else is on this card here, real quick. Brendan Lochnane and uh, Marlon Moraes. Rob Wilkinson against Thiago Santos. We just saw Thiago Santos's wife, Yana Santos. Uh, fight this past weekend. Christoph Jotko, they've switched up the uh, the roster here. I like it. Against Will Flurry, Bubba Jenkins against Chris Wade once again. That should be fun. Josh Silvera on the prelims. Anyway, it's PFL's return and...
we are lucky. We are lucky that we get to watch events like this, the Miami card. We are lucky that we get to watch fights like we saw this past Saturday. I was so excited for this fight. We talked about it at the top of the show, and I was so blown away by what Corey Sanhagen did. Remember, I said, this is now going on four or so years. This man will be a UFC champion at some point. And I know he's had opportunities, and I know some people jumped off the bandwagon, but I think on Saturday he reminded everyone... When this guy is on, this guy is on. That was masterful stuff. 50 to 45, 49 to 46. At worst, the striking, the switching stances, the angles, the speed, the accuracy, the ground game, the takedowns, the flying knees. I mean, the whole arsenal was on display. What a win for Corey Sanhagen. He's kind enough to join us right now on the program. There he is. What's up, Corey? How are you? What's up, Ariel? How you doing, man? Oh, what a win, man! Are you are you on cloud nine right now? I mean, how do you how do you even process a Monday after a win like that? I mean, that was incredible. I'm buzzing over the win. How are you feeling afterwards? Yeah, I'm good, man. It it always takes a little bit for it to kind of sink in for me, but um, I, yeah, man, I, I'm like really super happy with the way that I did, and I, and I'm glad that I was able to just like find a different level of performing that like I didn't really know was inside me, so. Um, yeah, I'm like, I'm like really stoked on that. I, I wondered out loud at the top of the show if that was your best performance in the UFC. And I think there's a very strong case to be made considering the opponent and how you looked. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, I think that that was definitely like the most zeroed in zoned in that I've ever felt like least distracted. Like there was, I don't know, man, it felt like something was in the air that night where I was just like, there was no way that I was going to lose that fight. Like I was just incredibly focused that night and kind of like that entire week and like for the past month just like super mindful mega in the present and just like super focused i was just gonna ask you like when does that focus like when do you start to feel like oh it's all coming together the stars are aligning here for me do you feel like is there a moment where you feel that in the preparation for the fight where you just feel like this is this is great this is all coming together for me there are no distractions uh, yeah, k- kind of the way that you said it, where it almost feels like the stars are lining up for me. Um, <clears throat> this camp, I kind of had like an interesting thing happen to me that uh, hasn't really happened in a, in a bit. Um, but uh, I was kind of, because it was so long, it was maybe like six weeks ago or something. And I was like sitting in, I had like hurt my rib a little bit. And I was just like tired of being sore because the, the camp had been so long. And uh, I was like sitting on the couch and I was like, man, I cannot do this for the next like five years of my life if I want to, just because I was just like, so being so negative and putting like so much pressure on myself, like feeling like I had to win and uh, just being like kind of crummy, you know? And, uh, and I was sitting on the couch and I was like, I'm not doing that anymore, man. Like I'm, I'm taking all of this pressure off of me. I'm just going to live every day. Like as, as best I can to be present and live, and enjoy this journey while I have it, because I don't want to say that I did this whole thing and didn't enjoy a second of it. So I kind of had like a big, big major turning point for me about six weeks ago where I just took a lot of pressure off my shoulders and I started really enjoying this sport a lot, a lot. And it like made it so that I could focus every day on what I need to be doing. But I think it really, really helped out in the fight for this one where I was just able to focus on performing. Wow. I love that. Now, were you watching something? Were you listening to something? Were you reading something? Like, how, how do you come to that epiphany? 
Uh, yeah, I actually was. I was listening to some uh, Carl Jung something, but uh, in the quote, it, it said something about uh, like the what the what like what you're doing and the way that you're doing it is important. And like I, I kind of always like felt I, I always feel really small in life, you know, like uh, like kind of insignificant. I think that it's really easy to have that happen, especially if you have like a big scope on like what the world actually is and like history and all of that stuff and how none of us are really going to be remembered in the next hundred years anyways it can get kind of depressing but um when I read that quote I was like man like the way that I am living the way that I am being and the way that I am acting is like it's important you know and and I don't really want to go through this whole thing like I said with a bunch of weight on my shoulders because I think that I should be champ and all of that stuff and uh, I let go of all that stuff, man. And it, it, uh, it like made me so much lighter and it made me be able to fight the way that I fought last weekend. Like I really, really attribute it to that. Have you never felt that way before? Like, is this the first time you came to that conclusion? Uh, no, I, I have felt that way before. Honestly, I, I, I kind of felt that way before I got signed to the UFC. Like it was very shortly before I, I had gotten signed to the UFC, got into the UFC and then Again, I know I talk about it all the time, but uh, because it was a big moment in my life, when I lost to Sterling, that was like a big deal. It made me almost flip to the other side of the coin where uh, instead of being super mindful and present, I started being a little bit more on the neurotic side. Um, but I think that that's just a part of the process. And then now I have found like this nice in-between where I'm not as neurotic as I was before, where I'm putting a ton of pressure on myself. And making sure that I'm hitting like every single thing that I want to do right on that day. Like I'm not neurotic about that anymore, but I'm also not this like free living hippie, let anything be the way that it wants to be type of way either. So uh, I think I've found like a really nice spot for me where I am right now. I love this so much because I feel like I'm the most neurotic person on the planet. And so I'm trying to learn <laughs> from what you're saying. I also feel like sometimes I talk like this too, but I'm a little bit of an imposter because I feel like it's easier said than done. So do you feel like you're actually practicing what you're preaching? Like even now that the fight is uh, over, are you going to go back to being neurotic or are you really going to live this way? No, I, I'm going to do my best to, uh, it, it feels right. Like in my heart, you know, um, but there is, like the life is like a moving target. You know what I mean? Like there is no right way to be at the right time and all of this. Well, there, there is, but the, that target's always going to be moving. So something that worked for you yesterday isn't going to maybe work for you tomorrow and that's okay. So that's kind of the fun part about life is just trying to always be hitting that moving target all the time. But yeah, for me, I had to let go of the neurosis, bro, because I was like going down a dark hole and, and in camps, I can get into a pretty dark place just as it is just like waking up, feeling sore and being negative and all of that stuff sometimes. So I'm glad that I let that go, man. And I'm glad that I got to win so that I can continue to keep trusting that because it is a much more enjoyable way to uh, live life. How dark does it get? Uh, uh, it gets like dark in the sense where I'm just like, I just like feel like I'm just like breathing off energy that people don't want to be around. And I don't, I definitely don't want to do that to like my fiance who I live with. And I definitely don't want to like do that to my coaches and my friends. Like, and, and it kind of comes, I mean, it's subtle, you know, cause I'm like a polite guy and, and I'm not like a bad dude. So it's not like I'm being like a giant jerk or anything, but um, I'll just notice in the ways that I'm like 
thinking about people and talking to people and just like things like that, that I'm just like, eh, that's not who I want to be. That's like not the type of art that I want to make in this life. So uh, they're subtle, but um, yeah, they, I, they, they don't need to be there. I know you're getting married in September, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, has your fiance ever told you like, eh, I don't like this, this Corey, this is not, I, this Corey, he's not welcome in this house. We're not doing this. Is she a part of this, you know, transformation? Uh, no, because I, I don't do it as much to her, honestly. Like I really turn it off with Erica. Um, it has been like an issue a little bit in the past where, because when I get home and I'm tired, just because I am, am kind of like a quieter guy, I'll just want to like really zone out and do my own thing. And like, that's kind of not an okay thing if you want to have a really strong relationship with someone. So it's been a, it's been an issue in the past, but I, I, I don't, I know that all of the people around me love me and like, they understand that it isn't the easiest job in the world. So, uh, but, but that's not really like an excuse for me to feel like I'm not being as great as I can be with them, you know? So it's just me trying to raise the bar for myself. And by the way, I don't agree with your in a hundred years will be forgotten thing, because first of all, you're one of the best fighters on the planet. Second of all, you're inspiring people with chats like this, but also, uh, our producer GC is actually reading the book that you recommended, uh, what is it called, GC? Mindful. What are you? What is you? What are you reading right now? Nah, be here now. Be here now. You're, he's reading this. Right. You, you reckon he? He tell. We have the picture of the book for anyone out there that wants. So how about that? I mean, the guy working on the show. Read. How far into it are you? I'm uh, like a quarter of the way through. It's it's like easy. It's digestible. It's like uh, kind of page by page. There's illustrations with it. It's sort of like blurbs uh, to like kind of get you thinking on life. It's it's good. You're enjoying it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to see it all the way through. Look at this. I mean, here you got this guy reading a book because you mentioned it. I mean, that's an impact right there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think that that's kind of maybe what uh, I had to just like come to terms with, too, is that uh, because I definitely had been feeling that way, um, especially after like the last win, like just just being like a main event in an arena with a crowd. Just like does something that just makes you feel like you're a big piece, you know, to to something, you know, like to the MMA community, to to the world, to like the UFC, to, to something. It made me feel like I was like a influential piece to it all. And, and that like makes me feel good and, and makes me feel like I'm like doing something with my life. Considering you just said that, it reminded me because I was just going to ask you about that. You were like, oh, you know, the camp is so long and this and that. And I know this fight was supposed to happen in February, and and I I texted you when the fight was announced in December. I was like, I felt personally offended that this fight was happening at the mm-hmm. apex. So was there a part of you that was like, oh, kind of annoyed that this fight is getting pushed now, like a month and a half later? But you're now fighting in front of sixteen thousand people as opposed to no one at the apex. Did, did were you conflicted there, or were you totally okay with the uh, the postponement, if you will? Oh no, I was I was totally okay with it, and actually something that I, I obviously didn't break up or bring up in all of the press conference stuff just because I didn't want people knowing that I was hurt for a little bit there. But uh, man, I had like strained my my oh, internal oblique muscle pretty bad uh, like a couple of weeks before the fight, and was like really trying to deal with that, and it was like causing like a lot of like back issues and. It wasn't bad enough to where I wasn't going to fight, but I was going to have to fight like a little bit down um, physically. Mm. Uh, so when they said that they were going to move the fight, I was like, oh, all right. Yeah, like this works perfectly. I could just rest my back for a week and then it got all better and it was all good. So um, that and then also just being in front of the crowd was it was super awesome. So last time you were fighting in front of a crowd, 
top of my head, it was, what was it, 2019, right? Yeah, it was probably, yeah, it was, it was probably a sun sound. It was a it was sun, a sun sound. In- August of 2019 in Anaheim. Jeez Louise. Yeah, it was a long time ago. I don't know. Did it feel great? Amazing, right? Ah, uh, dude. I wish I could, like, uh, you know, put that, I wish I could just, like, burn that image in my eyes of what it was like to one just walk out but two like enter the cage and then just see all the people and like uh the stands were really cool too they were like really steep so it seemed like the crowd just went all the way to the sky you know like it was awesome man it was incredible and uh yeah there's no words for it it was so awesome um you you said something that i thought was really you know i thought by the way your post fight press conference was incredibly fascinating to me there's something about your delivery you're so blunt and and but you're very honest and even like if you don't care you just say like someone asked you about like the division and stuff and you're like i don't really have an opinion on that and i like that you don't just bullshit us with like a two-minute answer you're just like i don't have an opinion but like the the line that you said about i kept hearing cheeto say we'll find out who wants it more that he wants it more and you're like well at some point you know that 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 line of thinking doesn't work when you reach the top of the weight class. That was something I never really thought of. And I'm just wondering when you kept hearing him say that, like, were you offended by it? Were you like, what do you mean? Like, you don't think I want this. You don't think I'm here to win this fight. How did you internalize those statements that he was making? Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't really, um, I, I think I'm a really thoughtful guy, you know, like I don't like, call, I don't like calling myself like a smart guy. I don't think I'm a very smart guy. Like, uh, they used to take me into like another room when I was younger to read because like I could, you know, and I was like, like, Hey ma, like, why do they take me in like another room? You know, like, uh, I I'm not like a smart guy, but I, I am thoughtful. And like, I do care a lot about like, uh, learning as much as possible about all facets of life, but then also of course of fighting. So in fighting, man, like th- there's a lot of things that go into being a really good fighter. There's like the technical skill building side. There's like, this building this uh, toughness inside you and this like lion's heart that you kind of have to have going into it. There's being disciplined. There's having a work ethic. There's, there's like so many of these things that go into being a really phenomenal fighter and you have to be firing on all of them. If you want to be champ, like there's no, there's no like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to be good in this one area or I'll really rely on like, like Cheeto, for example, goes on like really long, crazy runs. Um, like you can't rely on just honestly, you can't rely on just your work ethic, in my opinion, because at some point, again, everyone has the same level of work ethic as you. So so what are you doing at that point? Like, are you thinking about what you're messing up as much? Like, are you talking with your coaches? Like the way that me and my coaches talk is probably not typical um, as far as like what you would see in like a relationship of like a student coach. Like me and my coaches go at it sometimes about like what we think is the right thing to do and what we think is the wrong thing to do. And I'm like a blunt and honest guy about it. And they never get upset at me because that's what we're all trying to figure out here. So that has to be firing. Like uh, the, 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 there has to be just so many things firing and like your ability to learn. Like that's like a really big thing for me is like, you have to have an incredible ability to learn and progress and get better and like know how that process works that I don't even think people think about at all. Um, and so like when I kept hearing him say, 
whoever is going to outwork them, whoever's going to do this, which by the way, I think that I did in striking because moving your feet and picking at people like that for 25 minutes is definitely not easy. And he definitely was not really, I don't think put putting too much forth of like a giant effort to like close that distance the way that he maybe should have. So he, he, he really wasn't even being the guy that was trying to outwork me, you know? So, um, you have to be firing on all cylinders if you want to be world champ, man. And, uh, that's like what the top five of the UFC looks like. And that's why I've been here for the last three years. Do you think he has what it takes to be a champion? Uh, not while I'm here. <laughs> not yeah. while I'm here, man. Like, uh, I, I think Cheeto's a phenomenal fighter. I think he's an inspiring guy. He comes from a country where there's no other UFC fighters in it. And that's like a big deal. Um, he's been in the sport for a really long time. Cheeto, like Cheeto to me is like a good dude. He's like an inspiring guy. He's, he's not someone that I was ever going to take lightly, but I do think that, um, you can't rely on these things that like you do really well already. Like, I'm sure that he's had a work ethic his entire life. He doesn't get to really rely on that anymore. He has to like be able to learn, be able to develop skills, be able to like put himself out there. Um, in other and and he has to answer those questions for himself, but uh, he needs to like know what questions to be asking himself, which I don't think a ton of people get a lot of guidance in, unfortunately, in life. I'm just lucky enough because I just talk to myself all the time and ask myself this kind of stuff. <laughs> when you're having the success that you're having, especially early on, on your feet and on the uh, on the ground, are you ever talking to yourself and saying, "This is going a lot easier than I expected"? Like, there's not a lot of output on his end. You're, you're, you're able to bully him in all facets. Were you surprised at how much success you were having? Um, yeah, a little bit, to be honest. Like when, when we were on the ground and he really wasn't even trying to get up in those first couple of rounds, I thought that that was interesting. Um, when I got back to the corner, I think I maybe even said that to them. And uh, my coach Christian was like, he's saving it because he thinks he can finish you in the later rounds. Um, and so as the rounds went on, I just started moving my feet a little bit more. He did, he did a lot better job defending the takedowns, but we had plan B's and C's for those types of things. Once he starts defending those, then I'll just be on my bike a little bit more, stay on the outside of his shoulders. Don't let him set. And, uh, and so even when he starts doing good in one area, I'm just going to start dominating in another area. So I think I was just way, way more uh, prepared than Cheeto was. Uh, I said uh, earlier in the show that I wondered before the fight if what we saw between Dominic Cruz and Cheeto Vera back in August of last year was a preview of what was to come in your fight, but the difference being you're younger, you're better than Dom now, you're quicker, but you're stuck with the switching stances and your wrestling and everything, and he had some trouble with him early on, obviously figured it out later on. When you saw that fight and obviously studied that fight, did that give you confidence going into this fight, given the fact that this is the, the most simple, and I, and I don't mean to be offended, but like you're a, a, a better version of Dominic Cruz right now, but have similar traits to him, and he was having trouble with those traits. Um, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, a little bit. Uh, I also know that me and Dom are, are a lot different. Like um, We do do like similar things well. Like We both move our feet really well, but I fight from a much different distance than Dom does, and I have a much different stance than Dom has. So um i was curious I, I was really curious to see how cheeto was going to try to close that gap 
Um, because I am a lot, I, I definitely fight a lot longer than Dom too. And I knew that that was going to be something that was different also where Cheeto and Dom were fighting. Dom doesn't use things from the outside to pick at his opponents and, and be able to be leading on the, in the score piece of the fight, but Dom will like rush in and, but, but he'll have to close that gap in order to land something good where I don't really have to close any gap in order to be landing anything good. Uh, which is like a giant difference of me and Dom. So I figured that that would make a really big difference. If if I just didn't close that gap for Cheeto, I knew that he was going to have a giant problem trying to find out how to like get close to me. And he, and he definitely was having a ton of issues trying to do so. Every time the UFC goes to Texas, one of the big stories afterwards is the judging and the officiating. And I don't know if you saw on Friday, did you see this clip on Friday where the guy is like completely out and the referee's not stopping the fight. Did you, I know you were fighting. I, I heard about. It. Yeah. yeah, I heard about. I mean, it. it was completely crazy. That ref worked the UFC card the next night. There was no repercussions whatsoever. Then we see in your fight, forty-eight, forty-seven. The barber, um, the Macy Barber, Andrea Lee fight was a little bit questionable as well. Like the forty-eight, forty-seven for you is one of the worst. Or for Cheeto is one of the worst scorecards. And I feel like Cheeto would be honest enough to say that himself. Are we just supposed to be like, oh, okay, the right guy won, let's move on? Because I feel like that's, like I, I suggested we need to do more. Like the UFC needs to say, no, this isn't allowed. These guys, the guy who scored it 48-47 for Cheeto had never scored a UFC fight before, ever. Like that that shouldn't, like it can't, you know, and now he's doing the main event of a, of a, of a UFC, a massive fight with these implications. This is insanity, no? <laughs> that's insane i actually didn't even know that holy shit that is crazy yes um wow. and i didn't know that he he had never even scored in a ufc fight i'm gonna I'm that gonna, is unbelievable i'm gonna get his name right here uh is a guy 48 47 according there's a website called um there's a website called um mma decision so i lied by the way he did score a UFC fight. It was a fight on that card earlier in the night, the Steven Peterson fight. He has no business. This the guy's name is Joel Ojeda. According to MMA Decisions, which is the authority on this, has never Bellator, UFC, PFL, nothing. And and his first night on the job, he's doing Sanhagen Vera. How is that possible? That's unreal. So so I I have a question for you because I've honestly thought about like uh, solving this problem for everyone, but I don't really have like the time to actually do that because I do have some like ideas as what you could do to like make things a little bit better. But I don't I don't have like the actual time to put in to like actually make them solid ideas. But um, I do want to ask you what what so there isn't really a universal commission. There isn't like a commission that the UFC just uses. It's it's state by state, country by country. Is that correct? That is correct. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So the first thing that you have to do immediately Love is it. you have to make universal commission. Like you, you have to have a bunch of people that are all on board of the same rules. If we're going to make this an international thing, the football players don't go to Cincinnati yes. and then start playing on an 80 yard field, you know, like, uh, there, there absolutely has to be a universal commission um, that if just each promotion wants to use, and I see how that could definitely pose some issues, but you'd have to trust them, you know, probably trust them a little bit more than you would maybe trust like the state governments to choose their boxing commissions, which I probably would trust the UFC to do a lot more than the states would. So um, you absolutely have to start there where you're creating a universal commission and then from there, you can start building rules and regulations and criterias or 
adding two judges that aren't cage side and in another completely different room. And uh, because that right there would just make some pretty interesting uh, things happen right there. So, or open scoring or whatever, but there a hundred percent has to be a universal commission. I love that. I love that. A, th- a thousand percent. Everyone needs to be on the same uh, page and there needs to be more accountability. By the way, uh, what was it like meeting Tim Duncan? And I believe David Robinson as well. What was that like? Are, are, you, are you a fan? Uh, yeah, it was cool, man. That that was like my heyday in basketball when I was really into the NBA and stuff. I, I remember uh, one of the few games that I went to that was a Nuggets game was when the Nuggets were playing the Spurs in the playoffs and it was Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili and all of those guys. So uh, yeah, that was cool, man. I was pumped. Those guys are gigantic. Yes. And I always forget how gigantic those guys are. And uh, Duncan's a huge fan. I know he trains as well. Like he really knows his stuff. Yeah, uh, I, I like Tim Duncan. He's kind of like a nerd. I hear that he reads like sci-fi books all the time and stuff. So that's pretty cool. Tremendous. Uh, love the call out of Marab. Not a lot of people are calling him out. He seems down. Do you think it actually goes? I, I feel like a lot hinges on May 6th and stuff, but it seems like they're going to go with Sugar. And and I think a lot of people wouldn't have been surprised if you would have called out Sugar because that fight is tremendous. And obviously he's so popular. You went for the tougher guy, which speaks volumes about who you are. Do you think ultimately that fight happens? Uh, I think that, yeah, I mean, I don't really know why it wouldn't. I don't know who else Marab really has to fight because both Cejudo and Sterling seem chomping at the bit to fight uh, O'Malley versus, like, you know, definitely me or definitely Marab. You know, like, they seem super into the O'Malley <laughs> fight. Um, so, uh, so I, don't, I mean, I don't know why those two wouldn't go with an O'Malley um, unless the UFC doesn't want O'Malley to fight for the belt, which I think that they do. So. Right. Um, I don't think that they're going to try to spoil O'Malley's chance at, at winning the title. Um, I do think Marab's the better opponent. Um, I'm not doing this whole, like, uh, I'm just not doing it anymore. Like, I, I'm not letting other people's values be my values in martial arts. And my values in martial arts means me becoming the best martial artist that I can. If it means, you know, having a longer path and a tougher path to being a world champion, then that's the consequence that I'm prepared to deal with. But I'm not doing this whole, like, let me try to find out the easiest path to the top of the mountain thing. Like, I'm going to try to climb straight up this thing and uh, and make it as tough as possible. So when I get to the top, it feels that much better. Incredible. And and, and last thing, like I said, I know that you are getting married in uh, September. I think your elbow was a little banged up going into this fight. You mentioned the injury any chance you want to fight before the wedding or do you want to save it till after your next fight? Uh, it's going to have to happen before the wedding. If, if I'm going to fight, uh, Erica made that very clear. <laughs> <laughs> Erica made it very clear. Uh, and of course she said she would understand cause she's the best in the world, but, uh, I'm going to really try to do her a favor and, and make it before the wedding so that she doesn't have to stress about me having to fight. Cause like I said, I could just become like a bit of right. a different person. In a training camp. And, and, and what's the deadline here? Is like July, August? Like how late can you go to the date? To all the way up to the date, man. Oh, I, my God. I, I think, that was very stressful. She can't want yeah, that. Yeah, she well, doesn't want you showing up with a cut under your right eye like that. It'd be better than having me be in a training camp. Uh, that's true. For the wedding. You okay. know, like she would. So so at this point, you know, the, the bar is here. Yeah. I just got kind of like pass it by this much. It doesn't have to be a big pass of the bar. Well, congrats on that, and and obviously congrats on the win, man. Super impressive. 
And just everything, the whole week was great for you, I thought. And uh, I, I love how you pull up to the freaking arena, rocking the vans. Like, you just are who you are. You, you, you speak what's on your mind, but you're not controversial. It's just, it's a pleasure to watch you and, and to talk to you and to cover you. It really is. So congrats on everything. Tremendous win. And I hope you get that Marab fight. I would love to see it. That's incredible. And again, not a lot of people are calling out Marab. So kudos to you on that as well. Cool. Thanks a lot. I appreciate the kind words, man. All right. Talk to you soon. There he is, the one and only Corey Sanhagen. What a guy. I mean, that was one of my favorite interviews. How great is Corey Sanhagen, guys? What amazing. can we say about him? I mean, isn't he amazing? I just, man. Oh, gosh. There's just something about his delivery that I really appreciate. Something about the way he speaks that I really appreciate. Down and, uh, to earth. Down to earth. And you know what the word is? He's thoughtful. He's thoughtful with his responses. He's honest with his responses. Appreciate him very much. And uh, obviously, have a lot of love for Cheeto, and I know he'll be back. It was just his night. Love that answer, right? Is Cheeto championship caliber? Not as long as I'm here. Sheesh. That is big time stuff. All right. Uh, speaking of someone that knows a thing or two about being a champion, uh, she has been the face of the women's flyweight division since its inception in the UFC, was undefeated as a women, as a, as a flyweight in the women's flyweight division for years, and obviously met Alexa Grasso recently, and we suspect there's going to be an immediate rematch, but we haven't heard much from Valentina Shevchenko uh, since the fight just a few weeks ago. She's kind enough to join us, so let us go to Valentina and see how she's doing. Hello, Valentina. How are you? Hello, Ariel. Good to see you again. Great to see you, and I appreciate you doing this very much. Uh, it's been a very long time since we spoke after a loss, so this is rare territory. Um, I'm just wondering, off the bat, you know, some two weeks and a bit removed from the fight or three weeks removed from the fight, how are you dealing with what happened on, on March 5th? Oh, everything fine. It kind of like uh, recovers from the injuries of training camp and uh, everything uh, like what uh, happened. Yeah, and it's kind of like nothing else to do and uh, just refocus, reposition uh, everything and start to make the work towards the uh, main goal, what I have right now, retain like... Um, uh, get back the belt and to win the rematch and do everything what I have to do to uh, and, and new and be like the queen of the flyweight again. Have you watched the fight? I did watch the fight and uh, after the fight and in um, kind of like uh, didn't feel differently what I felt during the fight. It was the same feeling as I was uh, like straight away. It was kind of like winning the whole fight, winning all rounds and at the end of the fourth round, unfortunately, unfortunately the situation what happened. Has, has reality, like do you feel, all right, you know, like this is, this is real, like does it feel real to you that you're not, because for me you were so, linked to that belt like you were that belt we we didn't know anyone else with that but i know nico had it but you know like you, to me it was like always you um ha, does it feel like it has sunk in oh you know i'm still that belt and it's kind of like no doubt no, no doubt i'm unbreakable and it's no matter what happened right now and uh kind of like what person you are how you deal with this kind of like struggles and i'm built differently i'm built like to fight to uh like to do everything what as a warrior and this is what i my mindset is right now now i don't have to deal with all this stuff like media or something like that 
I just like focus on the my main goal. I have like months, like few months before. Um, uh, I hope UFC will come and schedule the fight very soon, and uh, like um, not expecting fight itself very soon but hoping to uh, be scheduled soon <laughs> uh, that's why I will have a date and it's kind of uh, kind of will be a goal and I slowly and surely will start my way to come back what is your assessment of what went wrong in that final sequence in the fourth round what 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 should you have done and what didn't happen you know, it's hard to say that I shouldn't throw the spinning back kick because it's kind of like um, this very powerful kick. Yes, it's a very strong kick. I did so many knockouts with this uh, spinning back kick and it's just a situation and you know, kind of like same thing, um, like uh, first round and um, you kind of like feel uh, not that fresh at the uh, same as, uh, for example, comparing to the first rounds and um, kind of like some some action of the uh, of referee could like provoke this tiredness uh, what I felt during the fourth round but it's it's this it's the situation it's uh, definitely it's kind of like error it's kind of like mistake but in the same time it's hard to say this is like oh my god this is kind of like huge huge mistake definitely it's huge because it's loss <laughs> but it's not something that I can cannot deal it's gonna bring me so much down and I will be like oh my uh, upset no it's kind of like uh uh, things shaken and uh, kind of like um, waking up everything that you have inside the inner power the inner straight and I feel it I feel it's like through my veins through my uh, through my blood through through my whole body I feel that energy that um, I haven't right now and the most important to uh, like um, keep it the same and put it in the fight. Because you were winning for so long, um, was it getting like a little bit mundane and you feel like now you are reinvigorated, remotivated? Uh, maybe uh, kind of like now it's, it's turning in the same, in the different position when you don't have to lose much and you have and go loose and do like whatever you have to do without putting like crazy risks. Sometimes they, I, I feel sometimes people, they, um, when they put idea in their heads that they don't have nothing to lose and they do like crazy stupid things go like in crazy interchange and it's kind of like works even uh, even worse for them. So I don't want to say that you, I have to do that things. No, I have to do like just what I did, but a little bit maybe more aggressive because in this position, I don't have to lose nothing. No. <laughs> did you take her lightly? Lightly? I don't think so. No, no. Um, you know me. Uh, we spoke with you so like for a long time and you know my mindset. I don't take uh, my opponents lightly. I every time try to like 
uh, think about them even more what they are because um, this is our sport. This is MMA. Everything can happen. Uh, and like what happened, it happened. But I'm not the person who will bring the past always, will carry it with me. No, I will. It is going to be a lesson. I will take from this lesson everything to build myself stronger and better. I think this is the most important. You don't have to carry the past all time with you. You have to move on and you have to find uh, find like things that's gonna build you and uh, make you be better. Did anything that she did in the fight surprise you? Mm, actually, no. Um, it didn't surprise me. I knew, like, I felt like it's kind of like her last chance. And after the three rounds, even left after the four rounds, she understands she are so much down. She's kind of like uh, losing the fight and nothing gonna happen. And it's kind of like when she felt this is her last chance and she has to pull, uh, like, all her power in this position, this is what she did. And it's kind of, like, hard to blame it. So what I would do the same thing, right? But yeah, it was the same uh, kind of like I was winning. I was winning the uh, whole four rounds and the situation happened. Um, it was a little bit blood in the beginning of the first round and people could see it's kind of like short strike or something like that, but it was not damage. Unfortunately, it was lack of checking lens or fingernails. That's why the fingernail went like down to the um, uh, uh, skin and rip off the part of it. So it was like um, light blood, but it was not any cut. It was not any damage of strike. It was just like, I hope uh, next time they will check more carefully. Wow. So <laughs> they, the, they were too long? Nails. I don't know. I don't know. For me, it's hard to say. I never saw yeah. it. But after the fight, when uh, um, we were checking and doctors were checking uh, if to put some stitches, and they said, "Oh, we cannot do much because it was because of fingernails went deep and like um, rip a, a piece of the okay. skin." The, the, um, the shot of you, you know, having to submit was shocking, just because like we had never seen that, um, and it wasn't a traditional choke. It was like on your. It was on your. Uh, your chin, which obviously hurts a lot. Could you describe what that felt like? Uh, what it felt, it's like, it's the same things, but you are kind of like on the training working and someone choke you and you feel kind of like, okay. And uh, sometimes uh, people would say, oh, it's better like, um, uh, how would say, uh, put a sleep, right? Mm -hmm. To sleep instead. But, to talk, but I think it's going to be worse if you kind of like we will stay there on the uh, in the octagon without like um, uh, knowing what's happening, sleeping all the way down. I think it's uh, not the uh, best view of the fighter. So if you feel it's coming, yeah, it's nothing to do. It's just like, uh, mm, yeah, you will have opportunities. The most important, stay healthy, stay motivated, stay strong. And this is, I think, the most important for the future. So it's very, you know, like I said, we're talking three weeks after the fight, and it, like your answers are very impressive because, and and we've known this from you, like you're not an emotional person, and and you're very, like I said, you're strong-minded and strong-willed. But if we would have talked on the Monday after the fight, would you have been the same, or is this part of the process? Like, were you very upset? Were you emotional? How did you deal with it all behind the scenes? 
Uh, you know, uh, Monday, next Monday after the fight, of course, I uh, uh, lose is bad. <laughs> when you are losing your fight, it's not the best feeling what you can um, ever experience. But, you know, I felt in the same time so blessed that I have like so good friends with me, my team with me, and my fans are with me, my people are with me. And I felt this support that uh, there uh, was given me. And no matter what happened in good and bad, they are with me. And I feel, I think this is was the uh, feeling that I felt next Monday after the fight. This, um, entire happiness entire blessing and um like be thankful and grateful for the uh people who who surrounded uh who um like um uh, around me sure um and afterwards you know right away she said re immediate rematch no problem uh is there any part of you that appreciates the fact that like there's no games being played here like sometimes people would be like oh i want to fight someone else i want to do this like it seems like she's showing you a lot of respect and saying, like, of course, you deserve that. You've earned that. I'm wondering what your reaction is to hearing all that. Oh, well, you know, I would be very surprised <laughs> if it would be differently. And, um, yeah, you know, like even thinking that it could be differently for me it's huge surprise because this kind of like immediate rematch it's um form of respect definitely and uh, like saying that it's not gonna happen uh like right next i feel it's um not from her but like in general it's very disrespectful for um any fighter right be even uh uh, especially when someone was like for a long time champion and like dominating fight and the fight was not one-sided it was one-sided like on my side before the situation what happened and definitely it's very obvious um i didn't surprise but i would be very surprised if it would be differently yeah so you know on this show on the monday after the fight we were sort of talking about like what's going to happen and everything like that and people took my words and twisted them it was very not nice valentina if i'm being honest but historically oh because of, i didn't hear of like not following the oh good it's media. better it's better it's better that you didn't follow but his what i was what i was saying i'll tell you what i was saying historically and we just saw it with kamaru um when they do the immediate rematch i think it's like something like 12 and one in this situation the person who had the belt and lost the belt and then does the immediate rematch historically often loses the next fight. I don't know what it is. And so I was wondering, is it better to for, for someone to get their confidence back to go fight someone else and then go to the belt? Is, is, it, is it better to have a fight in between? Not that you don't deserve it. No one deserves it more than you. But I'm wondering if there's like a mindset where you just need a break from that person to get the confidence back and then go to it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you, do you, do you feel like this is a crazy uh, thing? You know, I, maybe uh, in man's world, it's worth different, uh, different, like the way as you are mentioned, but I feel that women's world, uh, it's kind of like maybe otherwise, because we could see um, recent example with Amanda Nunes, Juliana Pena, right? Yeah. Yeah. And when it was the second fight, was like a very good fight, yeah. right? And Amanda looks very strong and different and very nice. So um, maybe this is the difference. Maybe this is uh, like men, they are built differently. Women, they are built differently. But I feel that um, it has to be immediate rematch. And I feel it's going to be a very good fight. Yeah.
Yeah. Um, do you feel in, in some respects like this situation will be remembered like the Juliana Amanda one? It's almost like people forgot about the, the first fight. Amanda kind of corrected the record, the history. Do you feel like this will be the same thing? I didn't, I didn't want to think that it's going to be the, the same things or like uh, looks like that or compare even to that fight. Uh, definitely what I know and what I'm going to do is just like uh, go there and um, just uh, finish the fight. And this is what I feel I have to do because it's very important uh, to um, not just win by points, but definitely kind of like to show your uh, superior level in this point. I feel like that. And it's uh, it's truly very important for me. That's why I'm kind of like, don't want to um, attach to me any images of someone because I am, mm, I am. And this is it. I don't want to be looks like someone. I don't want to be um, like uh, act like someone. I want to be myself. And that's why it's all the situation. It's kind of like happened what's happened. Everything happened for a reason. And yeah, just like be strong, strong enough and take remember the roots remember the uh, where i came from how hard i have to battle for the place where i am right now be uh, grateful for the opportunities what i was given like um, um, i mean like being uc fighter in general from the uh, that far part of the world where i came from it's kind of like very huge deal it's a big deal and just take everything in me to help to build the strong and very very um kind of like hard to pass person if it was up to you when would the rematch happen when, when would you like for it to happen you know i uh, messaged my uh, manager and i i said like um it actually it was kind of like next monday uh. <laughs> after the and I said, I'm ready for the rematch. And if, um, uh, yes, you're going to speak with um, matchmakers, with Mick, with uh, Dana, please tell them that I am here and I'm ready. And she said, like, okay, if they uh, will want to know what date, I said, June, July for me is fine. Okay. <laughs> but I... I, of course, kind of like I understand it's uh, very soon and uh, Alexa need uh, maybe time to shine uh, for the uh, ca camera and everything while she can. <laughs> right, right, right. And uh, the idea of her fighting and defending the belt against you in Mexico, how would you feel about that? Uh, you know, I am right now in the position that um, I cannot say, oh, no, Mexico, I cannot go or something like that. No, I definitely will go where uh, you see will put the event. But for me, the most important to know that the judges and referee are uh, good in this fight and they are not kind of like leaning toward one side or another side. And what about the crowd? You know, I, every time I was traveling, like in my Muay Thai career, I was traveling to the home countries of my opponents and fight against them in their own land and winning them. And for me, there is nothing better than to hear the silence of the full crowd when they cannot like support their fighter because they understand there is nothing they can do. And this is the best sound for me, the silence. Oh my. Um, what about the elevation? How do you feel about that? Oh, it's need to, to prepare for that because elevation, it's a, 
it's a it's a big deal it can change the game the uh, form of your, your performance so it's kind of like once you know where you're gonna fight you have to adjust for the same um same exact same uh mm, like things like about the elevation climate and all that uh what is very matter in the fight um and so all right so if this fight happens i mean i, I would assume it has to happen between now and september are you gonna go somewhere you know like you like to go i, I know you went to japan uh before this last one you kind of try wh where's the place that you're going to train for this one have you thought of that uh, depends where the fight gonna be. Okay. It all depends where the fight gonna be. And yes, definitely we're gonna have amazing training camp, hopefully. And definitely we will find the best place what we can find. Um, for now, I just plan like to have some trips while like um, uh, while being off of the training camp, but in the same time, um, like keep building my uh, physical ability and men mental ability. And when the f I will know the place for the fight, and definitely we gonna go straight over there. <laughs> uh, oh, you'll, you, so if like if it's in Mexico, you'll do the training camp in Mexico. Mm, I don't know. Why? Why not? Maybe. Yeah. We have so many friends in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, and 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 just finally, you know, you've been competing in MMA twenty years. You've been competing totally. I think thirty years it has been. You told us last time. Did what happened a couple of weeks ago? Did it make you think about how much longer you want to do this for? Oh, you know, after watching Holly Home fight, it's kind of like all questions like completely yeah. discarded from the even, even some uh, journalists, if they had question about how long a woman can fight or like uh, be in the best shape after this performance, you kind of like see there is no limits, right? And I felt that Holly Holm uh, looked incredible and she kind of like so good and everything and she didn't lose... Uh, a bit of this um, like motivation, uh, physical and mental quality. And in my opinion, she even she is kind of like every single fight getting better and better. And so, yeah, kind of like this is a huge example for any woman that if you are uh, want to compete till the uh, like a little longer than um, like normal people think you can. And if you really want to do that, you don't have any excuses why you cannot do that. The important, as I mentioned, be healthy and to feel uh, desire, exact desire if you kind of like, this is your um, uh, lifestyle. This is your passion of like of the life. Much respect to you, Valentina. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about all this. I know probably not uh, a great pleasure for you, so I appreciate it very much. Uh, tremendous fight. I know it didn't go your way, but I can't wait for the rematch. I think it will be incredible theater wherever it happens, and I, and I wish you all the best in the training and then obviously in the fight itself. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. And enjoy the time off as well. Thank you so much, Ariel. Really appreciate being here. You know, I every time like very happy uh, to like share my thoughts with you. And definitely, it's not a matter if it's like happy happiness or something like not that. This is why we are here. This is why we are kind of like wanna. Um, People know that uh, people um, let know how we are fighters. We are feeling in good and bad position. Like because sometimes it's definitely when you are happy, you kind of like. 
you want to go there, hang out with people. Yes, but sometimes it's very important that people listen to you when uh, it's not your um, like best situation, position, what could happen. And it's very, very, very important. And yeah, it's kind of like uh, in the fight, uh, very, uh, it's kind of like everything after you you know you you asked me um how i felt during the fight and now thinking about that uh, i think some kind of like situation small situation what happened in the fight could affect also like uh performance or how you feel for example i, I you know i'm before I before right now I never thought about this but now I kind of like it's very clear in my mind and few actions what a referee did in the fight I, I completely don't understand uh, kind of like why he did that because it's kind of like he was refereeing my two last fights and uh, um, first fight uh, in uh, with Tyler in Singapore I thought it kind of like it could be situation or something like this but there was a combination when I strike a and uh, fine uh, ended the combination with a head kick and i felt that tyler had like huge take down like uh, not knockout but tiki uh, kind of like uh, knockdown and i was like wanted to finish the fight but he stopped the fight and he kind of like okay let her breathe and i was like okay it doesn't sound right but whatever maybe it was just situation but in this fight, it's kind of like uh, we were on the ground position. I was in her guard and landing like big shots over her. And he just decided to um, stand us up and continue the striking. But, you know, it's kind of like the same situation when I say it could affect because fighter, what they do to take uh, their opponents down, they spend so much energy to take down first and second to like um actually like hold them down and when you build your situation you definitely want to use the situation as much because you spend so much energy and when uh kind of like it was deciding that oh no in my opinion you don't have to be there you have to fight in the strike uh, in the stand-up it's kind of like working against you because it's affect affect your performance because you have to build the situation all over again all over again but yeah as i mentioned it could be like uh um, joining of all these little situations together. That's why it's happened what it's happened at the end. But yes, as I mentioned, this action is kind of like uh, hard to understand for me what, why it was, because when I rewatched the fight, and it's not my fault that Alexa could not go out from that position, because I was holding her uh, very tight. And in the moment I started to shot, like land big shots, he just like decided to stand us up. Yeah, do you have any explanation why that was a controversial moment? Do you now a few weeks later, do you have any idea why that happened? Why he did that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's why I'm saying for me it looks kind of like surprisingly and um, kind of like yeah, because uh, this is my game plan and I want to keep this game plan. But when someone said no, I don't think that it's your game plan. You have to do like yeah. other. You have to go out and fight like sense. This is kind of like looks um, differently. I understand how you're feeling, and hopefully it's fair and square when you guys get to do it again. So I wish you the best, Valentina. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Ariel. Have a good day. You too. We'll talk to you soon. There she is, Valentina Shevchenko, the bullet.
And uh, yeah, she does bring up a good point about that. The name of the referee, uh, name escapes me. Let me get it. Let me get it. If anyone's gonna events, getting a lot of activity from the. Oh, here it is. MMA decisions are great. Uh, oh, why is that? Why do they just have the prelims there? Uh, UFC. Who is the ref in that one? Let me see. Let me see. I don't want to get this wrong. Just six? Why do they just have six fights? Hmm. They don't have the Shevchenko fight here. Oh, you know why? Because there were only six decisions. Sheesh. Who's the ref in that fight? Anyone remember? Uh, is there a fight? You know what? You know what I was thinking? I wonder if there's... Is there... Is... Is it? it was Jason Herzog. Yeah, uh, it was Jason Herzog. Thanks. How'd you find it? Jason's a mensch. No, Someone just spilled something. They're cleaning it up. <laughs> wow, weird. Um, there's, I think on SureDog, by the way, they've done this in the past. I feel like the the referee slash judges should be on uh, the SureDog page. Let me just see here, SureDog. Or you know, like their 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 results. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, there it is, Jason Herzog. There it was. Yeah, there it is. I should have gone right there. Uh, that's a, that's a nice wrinkle. They should put that in uh, Tapology. Why don't they do that? I'm gonna talk to them. Hey, Tapology, you guys should do this. Um, all right, let's go to our last guest of the day. What a great day it has been. A lot of interesting uh, chats and personalities. And uh, our next guest, our last guest of the day, is certainly at the top of that list. Big win for him on Saturday. One of the best performances on the night. Uh, great performance in the cage. Great performance on the microphone. It's now three fights in a row that he has won. Three performance bonuses. Got the performance of the night on Saturday. Got fight of the night in his last fight against David Onama. Uh, and then a performance bonus previously. And like I said, he's won three in a row. Had the big win, the submission win over Austin Lingo. He is Nate the Train Landwehr. Loved our first chat Let's do it again with the man. Hello, Nate. How are you? Good, man. Feeling good. Back home. Everything's Chilling. good. Easy night at the office. Was it easy? In and out. It was, I mean, it felt pretty easy. I mean, I guess compared to the last one, too, though. But it felt pretty easy, man. I just was checking, you know, using my boxing. Boom. Check a couple punches. Kick them a little bit. Hit them with their head kick. And then took them down, submitted them. What happened here above the uh, the right eye? Man, I think I look, we watched it, man. Mainly it came from a headbutt. So, I mean, other than the headbutt, really I ain't gonna take too much damage. Uh, stitches? You got stitches there? Yeah, two. Okay. Two stitches. Um, so, it's all good. No problems there. I mean, it's it, all good. it felt like after the last fight, like you kind of put yourself on the map and there was a lot more interest in, in this fight because of what you did and how entertaining it was. Did you feel like all right? I gotta, I gotta keep this going. Like now, now, now we're on the train. Pardon the pun, but like it felt like something was happening here with you. Nah, man, it feels like the train rolling. We got some steam. <laughs> UFC posted me walking in with the suit on. I mean, right. it, it's showing me love, man. All it is to do now is just keep winning, man, and, and get these performance bonuses. How about that suit? I mean, that was something. Where did that come from? Who, who put that together for you? Man, that was all me. My wife's like, you really just coming into your own, ain't you? And I'm yeah. like, yeah. 
She's like, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was tremendous. And you're right. They did show you love. Like you were like a main eventer. Like they don't show everyone coming into the arena, but they were showing you mad love. Yeah, I know, man. It's because, you know, they know that I'm going to fight, man. I'm going to bring it. If you see Nathan Train on, on the on the court, it might as well say Goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> like Nathan Train versus so-and-so underneath Goosebumps. Goosebumps, baby, yeah. I love it. I mean, I give it to Lingo. He was a tough opponent, man. He was game. It just kind of felt easy. And I was taking my time, you know, let him work. I knew there's no way he's going to be able to keep the pace. I mean, he kind of broke himself. I mean, I didn't have to, I didn't have to press him too hard and hit him with a little quick look, kick to the head, bam, hurt him, took him down, hit him with a quick, pop, pop, sunk to choke in. My coaches were super happy. I'm happy, man. I'm not damaged by any means. So we'll see how quick I can get a turnaround. Uh, a late replacement. Was that a bummer for you? Yeah, man. You know, I was planning on leaving Saturday night, number 15, on, on the roster. But, uh, you know, I try not to look at it like that. I try to look. I'm just one step closer to rene renegotiating and getting a better contract. So when I get to the top 15, I'm, it's worth it. You know what I mean? Oh, nice. What do we got? One left? Two left? What do we got? One left. Think about that. One more time negotiate. We had three bonus in a row. I think they're going to have to name me the uh, 50K train. Yeah. Have to fight them for the nickname but you know sometimes they renegotiate before the last one so this could happen now what do you think you you gonna you gonna fight the last one out or what yeah i think i'm just gonna go ahead and risk it all man oh shoot put all the balls on the table see if i can get just four in a row that's that's impressive like that and just go ahead and try to get as much as i can get but you're not trying to correct me if i'm wrong like i feel like you're really happy in the ufc you're not trying to test the the, the market and go elsewhere or am i wrong no, man, I'm happy in the UFC. I'm happy with it. They let me get on the mic. I mean, it's giving me shine, man. It might as well just mic me up during the fight. Oh, my God. That would be incredible if they did that. Do you talk That'd a lot cool, during your fights? I mean, if I was mic'd up, I'd probably be more inclined that's true, that's true. That's to that's put a camera on me. i come up with something clean. That is true. By the way, the post-fight interviews are tremendous. Like this one. that You didn't think of that on the spot, right? Like you, you had that prepared? Man, it kind of—I just have a little here's and there. It's kind of like a—I say kind of like a freestyle rapper, but you kind of put it together, kind of uh, instant, kind of like improv. You know, I've got a couple of little little wells you go to. I got a highlight reel like Evil Knievel. I got swagger like Elvis Presley, and I'll be damned if I ain't handsome. I mean, what? Yeah, I'll what do you think? <laughs> what do you think the of that? The internet's going crazy. Like, I guess. I guess he's damned. I guess he's damned. <laughs> I'm like, we got grown man in here. Like, he ugly. Hey, right. uh, man. His girlfriend ain't on here saying that shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That was tremendous. Nah, it's fun, man. I love it. I love everything about what you're doing. It's a lot of fun. By the way, did you, I don't and correct me if we spoke about this last time, but like, did you ever, I feel like you got a little pro wrestling in you. Did you ever study those guys? Man, growing up, I think I watched them tremendously. That's one regret that I I should have I should have got my Stone Cold Steve Austin hell yeah while I was down in there in Texas. Oh, man, I missed true. that chance. That's true. Man, I missed that chance bad. Yeah, that's one of my that's one of my little dad. That's one of my uh, damn moments right damn, there. That would have been great. The crowd would have popped for that. But even like your delivery and everything is very pro wrestling esque. Like I feel like you yeah, man. I got I think I, I think it helped when I went across seas. Mm. And I uh, had to have a translator, so you just can't be like, 
blah, 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 blah. You got to be like, blah, blah, blah. Let him translate, blah, blah. Yes. There's nothing worse than somebody going on a vent for like a minute and then the translator are like, yeah, he said he felt good. Yeah, that's the worst. That is the worst. That is the worst. Yes. <laughs> like, bro, he was talking for three minutes straight. You said six words. Yeah. That's, that's not the translation, man. No. By the yeah, way, so you got to kind of chop it up, like little short chops, let the crowd get it. I mean, yeah, my whole career, man, has been leading up to this, man. I'm ready, man. Does it feel like you, you've been uh, you've been a bit of a barnstormer, right? Like you fought all over the world. We talked about that. Does it feel like all the stars are aligning for you now? Like it's finally all coming to fruition for you? Yeah, man. It feels like everything that I want is behind the door and the door is unlocked. I just got to open that bitch and walk through it. <laughs> I mean, even that line is tremendous. That is great stuff right there. Who did you watch as a pro wrestling fan? Like who do, who do, who did you take inspiration man, from? Man, you know, I was a so cold Steve Austin fan. You can't deny that The Rock was that guy, yeah. man. You know, all those guys, uh, Triple H was cold. HBK with the kick to the face. All them old guys. I think I, I think it was the WWF before they changed their name. I was in. We was in. Think about it. If you was growing up in the nineties and you never got choke slammed or power bomb, you wasn't really growing up. No, was I you? agree. I agree, hundred percent. Now, by the way, uh, the suit was was great coming in, but then at the post fight, you went sans shirt underneath. What happened to the shirt? Dude, I don't know, bro. I lost it. They got lost it. Some. Because you know how they kick us out the locker room now ever since COVID. Oh. So in the transition to that, I just lost the shirt. I was looking for my little turtleneck. I was like, where is it at? Yeah. I, need, I need my turtleneck. <laughs> but actually, it looked pretty damn cool without it. If I'm be- I mean, it felt like you were yeah, feeling it yourself. Worked. It worked for me. Yeah, it definitely worked for me. It didn't look bad, man. I'm happy. I'm just excited, man, to see the next step, man. I keep on doing what I'm doing. And uh UFC needs stars, man, and I just don't see why I can't be one. I got everything they need. For real. Uh, by the way, did you go check out the Alamo? Yes, man. That brought me inspiration too, because you know, you know, uh, David Crockett was from Tennessee, where he marched his ass down there and held oh, it down. So it was right. like, man, it was wow. And it's a long history of Tennessee boys coming down there to Texas, and like that last little line that I think. Uh, Maybe Travis had wrote Victory or Death. I was like, shit, it's Victory or Death, bro. Wow, I forgot about the Crockett Tennessee connection. I mean, this was this, yeah, this was man, made that for shit you. Was me, my, me and my coach, uh, Coach Kelvin, my boxing coach, man. We was just we went there about two days prior, and it was it was a cool experience. We seen a little. They had a little like a seventeen minute movie on all the history and whatnot, and yeah, it spoke to me. Oh, that is amazing. I love that. Um, speaking of your coach and and, and your team in Miami. Why has it worked out so well for you over there? I think it's just everything at once, you know. I think just the environment. I think it's being alone in isolation. It gets my time. My mind is my best weapon, and it's like I just have time. It's all output. I don't have any other things coming input. Like, I'm not a not a husband at the time. I'm not a homeowner at the time. I'm not a gardener. I'm not having to upkeep nothing. I'm not a son. Not an uncle. I'm just down there. I'm nature trained for weeks on end, man. And it adds up. Little de- deposits. Keep depositing. Keep depositing. By the time fight comes, man, I got hella money in the bank as far as like the deposits mentally I put in. You don't get lonely? Oh, man, it drives me. It drives me. I'd be like, baby, I'm about to get, I'm, when I get home, I'm bringing the bacon. And it's been ever since I, I think about it, ever since I moved down there, it's 150 grand in bonuses just alone. Mm, that is true. 
Now, but like, what do you do to pass the time when you're by yourself? I mean, by the time I get, by the time you train for hours a day, then you do the recovery, then you do the stretching, then you do all the other shit. And then you throw in a little bit going to the hard rock gambling. I mean, and, and it's, it, you know, and then I've, I've, I've noticed myself, I do a lot more reading. Mm. I've been reading, I've uh, been doing that, I've been doing a little bit of journaling. Time passes, man. It's a full time job. A lot of people are like, man, it must be nice to go out there in one night and make blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but by the time you add up all the shit, you ain't been, I mean, I ain't fallen seven months. What most humans can't comprehend not getting paid weekly or, or twice a month. You know what I mean? So it's like you putting it all on a line. It's like, but man, I was made for this shit, man. I'm ready. Like I was telling my uh, coach, I did a, uh, a day before the the fight, I did an ice bath, and when I got into that ice water, that ice got colder because I got ice in my veins, baby. <laughs> that is amazing. You go to the Hard Rock. You go to what the the Seminole Hard Rock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go to the one up there in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. man. What's I, that I like, like? What do you do over there? I mean, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I like to play. Uh, I like to play roulette. I'm a rouletteer. Okay. Why is that, why is that your thing? Uh, just something I enjoy, man. It's uh, it's not really talent. You know, you play blackjack, you kind of got to have a little talent. You play poker, you got to have talent. It's just odds. And with, with the odds, the way the odds are, it's a little bit more in your favor the more you play, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is there, is there I don't odds? Know, I've, had luck. I've had luck with it. I've won about 10 grand since I've been Jeez. down there. Wow. I thought it was just total luck. Like you just picking random things. You there are actual odds involved? It's luck, but it's like this. It's luck like this. Think about this. Like if you bet on one single number, it's a 35 to 1 chance, right? So you really have you could lose 34 times, and as long as you win on the 35th time, you're still gonna win. Right. Because the odds. So it's like if you put X amount of money on it, you don't have to double up until like 20. 20 hits, you know what I mean? You have 20 plays and double up a little bit. And then another 20 plays, you double up again. You're talking about 100 plays. You might, you're probably going to win something. I've lost pretty good too, though. You know what I mean? What's the most you've you've lost in, in one shot? One at 3,500. Come on. Why are you doing that? You're, you're winning all this money now. Why would you go out there and blow it like that? Because uh, I got the, I'm addicted, bro. I got the, um, I got the all in for Nathan Trey got the all-in personality, and it's the competitive. You know, I, that's what all the my buddies be like, bro. Gambling is competitive because when you lose, it's not really the money. It's like, bitch, I can't. I'm gonna get this back. Yeah, I can't go on a loss, man. But usually, I just to try to go up there, keep it easy, win like a hundred, be in and out in like ten minutes, and then 10 I'm minutes? happy with that. You go all the way there for ten minutes? Yeah, yeah right. So it's like a 20-minute drive from where I'm staying. So I drive up there and try to be back all within like an hour, 10 minutes and try to win 100, 200 bucks. That's not bad, man. That's not bad. It's not a bad day's 200 work. 200 bucks for like an hour's worth of work, drive included. Yeah. Is your wife cool with it? Yeah, she's cool with it till I tell her, man, hello, babe. Uh, 3,500. Yeah, she was like, you, you, you told me 500. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> When, when you're yeah, there, wife, yeah. When you when you're there, does she ever come visit, or you don't see her for? for... Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I uh, I'll fly her down to visit me, but mostly, uh, yeah, mostly she she's up here because she's working with the school system and uh, as a teacher, and she's doing good work with there. And then, but it's like, 
just one of them things to where the sacrifices they pile up too. It's like the mental fortitude that I build that piles up. That all the sacrifices pile up. It's like, like I tell my guys down there, it's like, dude, I got a nice ass bed at the house. I ain't sleeping in it because this shit is more important to me, man. I could sleep. I could go days and weeks without sleeping in my bed. To, to I only got one shot in this life. You know what I mean. I'm already 34. I can't wait around and let it pass me. You know what I mean? UFC is giving me every shot I could get. They give me the shine. They give me the little post. They give me leeway, man. But I just got to take it. Like I said, that door's unlocked. You just got to be bad enough to open it, walk through it. So where do you sleep when you don't sleep in the bed? I sleep in a little. I sleep on a little shitty ass mattress. Wow. It ain't my nice bed here. I got a nice little. Uh, Tempur-Pedic little nectar bed I got yeah. from Nectar, man. Real nice. King side. I got a little, it's nice. My home bed is real nice. It's no, it's no comparison. Right. But it's good to be like in that gritty environment. Yeah, man. That's why I tell people, man, I don't need that. When I'm down there, I take cold showers. I don't, don't watch TV. I try to take away all the little conveniences. I don't need those conveniences. I'm trying to become a, I'm trying to become a monster. It's like you're in jail. I don't need to, yeah, basically that's what it's like. It's prison, baby. Oh my gosh! By the way, isolation. The uh, the the people at the school where your 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 wife teaches, do they know what you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all they all get they all like give a praise and shit. Yeah, that's it's awesome. Cool. But she works with the bad kids. So she works in what is called EBS. It's the emotionally disturbed kids. So it's uh, they all have special needs. So it's kind of like wow. It's, I mean, I take my hat off. They're, they're saints. Those those teachers, teachers just, I think they, they need to get, I know everybody talks about fighters need to get paid more. Teachers need to get paid more. Yeah. Bless her. Especially, you know, working with, with, with you know, kids who have needs. I was uh, like, see, I told you I'd get you ready for something. Yeah. <laughs> She's been dealing with my bullshit for years. It's like them kids is pieces of cake. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you ever go talk to those kids? I mean, I feel like they would listen to you. I mean, you're a tough guy. You yeah, succeeded. I mean, I try to sometimes, but you know, I'm a big believer in the, you know, from from a lot, there's going to come a few. And if you could be spoke, I just don't think that like motivational speakers and shit like that, it really, it's like, if you got it in you already to be great, ain't nobody gonna be able to talk you into it. You're gonna have to. It's gonna have to come from within. Mm. That's fair. That's fair. I guess it affects uh, everyone differently. So uh, now you're rolling. You said you're ready to go. Like you'd like to come back relatively soon. Yeah, man, I'd like to come back soon. But I mean, I got a honey do list the size of Texas out <laughs> to do while I'm back. You know what I mean? I've been away for about ten weeks now. So I'm a. I have a gardener too. I'm trying to get some plants in the ground. Get this yard cleaned up. We've been having these tornadoes and big wind gusts hitting. So it's my yard. Got about a, two acres that I live on, and it's it piles up. Yeah, yeah. You and you do that all yourself. You don't hire someone to do that. When I'm gone, I hire somebody to do it. When I'm here, I, I kind of love it though. I love taking care of my property. It's therapeutic, I would think. Yeah. And is it hard to come from like sixteen thousand people? Everyone's going, and now you're back Monday. It's quiet. Like, is it hard to come down from that high of Saturday fighting like that? You know, I think I think about it, and my my uh, my whole claim is, so you know how some of these guys, you know, they'll do something, they'll try to ride that wave, ride that wave. Because my wife always like, you should ride the wave, you should ride the wave. I'd be like, 
I make waves. I don't ride waves, baby. You know what I mean? That's my claim. I'm making waves. Let them other cats ride them waves. I'm out here making them, baby. Oh, my God. You just got lined for days. You should be a rapper, by the way. I mean, I feel like I got you bars, got... baby. Yeah. I got bars. Yeah. I hit you with another right here. Like, I was talking to my doctor the other day, and he told me if I ever need a heart transplant, we're going to have to get that from a lion. Let's go, baby. Oh, my Let's God. Go. This freaking guy. <laughs> You got the dog in you too. You got the lion in you and the dog in you. Sheesh. Uh, wh- dogs in me. That's why I was. That's my whole thing about when I'm fighting these guys. Like I don't gotta. I don't gotta be more than what I am, man. If they bring it out of me, they're gonna get it. But like the other night, I didn't have to. I didn't really have to. I didn't have to. I didn't even have to push to the point where I could have did that for. I could have did that pace for ten rounds probably. But he was already wilting. So I was just letting him wilt away. Who's the ideal opponent next, if it was up to you? Man, I just, there's a lot of things happening in the top 15. You got the, um, you got uh, Pierce fighting Mitchell, so we'll see. So, think if Pierce beats Mitchell, that's going to put both of them in the top 15. So, probably everybody's going to move down. Then you got the Barbosa versus uh, Billy Q. Billy Q beats Barbosa. Maybe that puts Barbosa out to 15, or maybe that moves everybody. There's a lot of things happening in the top 15, man. I really like, uh, I think it'd be cool to fight Danny Ega, bro. He's a banger. But uh-huh. who's going to get to 50K? I've always liked that fight. Um, as far as I would, I think would be really good for the fans, cardio-wise. I feel like Billy Q got the cardio and, and the dog in him. And that shit would be a probably instant classic. That's why I would like that fight, especially with him. If he beats Barbosa, he's going to be probably 14, maybe 13, depending on how he beats him. And that would be a banger. Um, I really want the Ebluweb Mozart fight. Mm, wow. Not a lot of people calling him out. That's a tough one. We got history back in uh, M1. He was the champ. I was the champ. I went to Ingushetti. That's where he's from. I fought his boy, beat him, took the title. We had some bad blood. We were supposed to fight. He called COVID. So we got history, man. That's a tough one. Ain't nobody calling out everywhere. No. I'll call his ass out. I'll fight him. I'll wrestle him. I'll wrestle your motherfucking ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> By the way, could they could they go to Tennessee and, and uh, headline with you and sell that joint out? Oh, man. That's a dream of mine. Bridge Shoulder Arena. Let's go. Anybody. Me five rounds. I'm giving anybody trouble. Man. With my ass for ten rounds and don't fin, uh, with my ass for ten minutes and don't finish me, you got to deal with me for them last fifteen. I love it. I love everything about it. You're very entertaining to watch, to listen to, to talk to. Uh, much respect, my man. Congrats on another big win. Congrats on another bonus. And keep doing what you're doing. It's uh, it's a breath hey, of fresh I'm ready air. To promos. I just gotta. I ready. I just be like a coach, man. I just gotta win. So. I- I could cut these promos. I love the promo work, it. man. I love they the promo work. promos, man. Everyone's too boring w- on the w- mic. Staff. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. That's Keep it up. I can't, let, I can't let them hear my opponents talk. They ain't got nothing cool to say. Nah. I mean, no one's no no one's dropping bars like you are, like like what you gave us <laughs> on uh, Saturday. Even when you gave us just now, yeah, on the spot after you're in a fight, it's not easy. Yeah. Nah, it's a talent, man. It's a true talent of mine. It's, I prepare for that, man. I prepare for the walkout. I prepare for the fight, and I prepare for after the fight. Everybody prepares for the moment, but there's moments prior, and there's moments post where you got to be ready for all this. Everything gets a check mark. 
got to be ready to arrive at the arena, man, in style. You got to be able to walk away from the arena. You got to be – think about it. With them kids at that them kids at that arena, they don't know who's a superstar and who ain't a superstar. You got to, you got to convince them. All them little kids going home like, damn, they the Trey, hey. Uh-huh. When I grow up, <laughs> you know what I mean? Think about them kids at their last fight, that Onama fight. They're probably gonna tell their grandkids about that shit. Yeah. It's like, man, that's how you that's how you that's how you prevail, man. That's how you excel. Well, you're giving people something to remember and talk about, no doubt about it. So keep it up, my friend. Uh congratulations on the win. Enjoy it. Appreciate it. Have a good one. There he is. Nate Landwehr. <laughs> the goodbye is just like, all right, peace out. I've had enough of you. You didn't hear the train leaving the station? Choo. There you go. Did you do it? No. Oh. I thought you said you were going to do it. I said I would look into it. Oh. And I, I love did that look guy. Into it. That guy's yeah, amazing. Um, what a character. Oh, just got this press release. Full card announced for Jorge Masvidal's Game Bread Boxing. Let's see. Any changes? Oh. Uh, Danielle Wynn against Danielle Cohen. Battle of the Daniels, Javier El Gurito Zamarón against Roberto Armas, Cade Howell against the dreaded TBA, Bean Wen against Andy Nguyen. How about that? One Nguyen's got to go. Joe Riggs against Marcus Perez. That's new. Josh Burns against Dylan Kleckler. Gina Mazzani against Pearl Gonzalez. Damian David Marciano against Devin Cushing. Clarence Booth against Luis Feliciano. Jose Aldo against Jeremy Stevens. Jacare Souza against Vitor Belfort. I think the um, Paul Daly fight is often, of course. Roy Jones against Anthony Pettis. 9 p.m. Eastern, Game Bread Boxing for this Saturday from the Pfizer Forum in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So much going. How many TVs are we going to have on Saturday, GC? PFL. WrestleMania, of course. Final Four. Yeah. Joshua's fighting, but that'll be earlier in Bellator. the day. Bellator. No, on Saturday? Bellator, Bellator's Friday. Oh, Friday. Okay. Sorry, I'm talking about Saturday. I'm talking about Saturday. My bad. Yeah, it's going to be tricky. You're going to have to pull out the iPad, maybe stream on the laptop. Mm. Going to be a lot going on. Man. What gets, what gets like, the prime spot? <laughs> Tough to not give the Final Four games. Prime spot. Why was that so funny, Frank? Because you picked up the bottle of Prime, and I think that's what. Oh my God! And I, said, <laughs> I think oh it influenced my. what you asked. Who says the Prime spot? Uh, by the way, it's becoming such a big thing with the kids. Everyone's asking me, "Tell us about the Prime." Tell us. I'm like, guys, it's a drink, okay? I mean, it's a good drink, but it's like, what are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, you're rolling. Do you go to soccer soccer practice? Yes. And everyone's asking. Everyone's asking. Cases of Prime while you're there. Tell us about KSI. What is he like? What does he smell like? I'm like, guys. What you does know, he smell like? I can't, you know, there's only, you know, like we're friends, okay? It's not a big deal. Okay, do you want me to call him FaceTime right now? I'll call him real quick. Tell us about that epic darts battle you and Oh, KSI my had. God. Everyone's talking about it still so much. Um, all right, well, uh, speaking of uh, picks and whatnot, we have to get to that. What a day, huh? Wow. What about Jorge Masvidal before? He was on fire. I mean, the Wi-Fi wasn't great to start, but then, pff, what about Corey, huh? Well, how great was Corey? What does New York Rick think about Corey? That was tremendous <laughs> stuff. No? 
What? <laughs> what is happening? What? I just thought he, it was all coming back to me. How great was <laughs> Corey? Uh, Corey's great. Uh, I love his uh, his mentality for the fight game because I feel like he's he's pretty unique when it comes to that. Uh, I love Corey. Yeah, not wanting the easy road. You know, he's saying he's going to climb straight to the top, no matter what the path is. I think it it helps him, like being that mentally tough and strong and recognizing that. So yeah, uh, I love Corey's mentality. Speaking of the final four guys, oh, let me start again. Frank, can you can you edit that part? Yeah, of course. Speaking of the uh, semifinals in the college basketball tournament that is uh, culminating on Saturday, and then of course next Monday. GCU going? No. You went a couple of years ago, right? I went last year. Was it last year? Thing. Oh my yeah. god, that yeah, feels like it was a lot of money. Why did you, you know? go last year again? Just for fun? Uh, I was supposed to go to the one in Atlanta in 2020. It got canceled, so we got it rebooked for 2022. Where was that? New Orleans. New Orleans. Great time. This one's better. What do we got? Florida Atlantic, UConn. <laughs> See, San Diego now State. you're picking your poison here. Do you want, like, the random teams? FAU, San Diego State, Miami, UConn. Last year we had, like, the powerhouses, UNC, Duke, Kansas, Villanova. I bet you the, the – I like to see the underdogs. I bet you the networks aren't too pleased. I can't imagine they're happy. Uh, shout Atlantic. out to UConn, though. I mean, Florida Atlantic. I mean, shout out to UConn. I mean, I picked them. I mean, everyone saw it. It's online. Mike Chiapetta. Uh, but I think Florida Atlantic would be cool. Can you imagine if Florida Atlantic is the, 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 no, the national no. champion? I, they won their first tournament game this year. Wow. Who's the most famous person to come from Florida Atlantic? <laughs> I can't name one person that's come from Florida Atlantic basketball. All right. So the Parlay Pals got back on track. Yes. Four for back four. Back on track. Yeah. No, not four for four. Three for three. Why? It's not someone wasn't in. Rick's pick was uh, Manuka. I had cop. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Hey, we'll take whatever win we can get. Oh, we still want a plus money yeah, parlay, still, plus one thirteen with with just our three picks. Yeah, Manuka. That's right. What a bummer, Alex Perez. All right, let's go through it. Yeah, let's let's take a peek here. I mean, there it is. <clears throat> uh, I, I really. No real sweat. You know, Caleb Plant started all right, but, uh, I mean, Benavidez just took took over down the stretch. And then the overs, you know, we kind of just cruised to those. Feels good. Feels great. We're back Feels on good. top. Yeah, I mean, win streak, is that about to start? I would like to think so. I say yes. Yes. I say yes. I say we're fully back. Uh, do we get to bring Rick with us on the win streak? Yeah, of course. Wait, what do you mean? He wasn't disqualified. No. He didn't lose, but, you know, did you really do that much for us here? Wow. I mean, I was excited Thanks. to. All right. I'll, uh, I'll sit this one out. You guys got it. Thanks, Rick. I mean, I'm cool with him coming back. What just went down? Yeah, that was What weird. is happening? Why, why, is why would fighting? I not be, be in it? <laughs> yeah. Because my. I'm not going to lie. I'm, uh, I'm a little bit surprised how serious you guys took that. It was just kind of a, you know. I mean, I'm going to. Having fun. Just you guys little, got it. A little joke, I you guess. Got, you got the next one. No, no. I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> I mean, Rick, what is Rick happening? Is, I mean, Rick is taking serious offense. What is happening here? here? I mean, it was just unnecessary. Where did it come oh, from? Yeah, is felt, he getting choked up again? Like the Usman thing? Unnecessary. What Usman thing? I mean, you, when I, <laughs> you were here last week when he got choked up over when Usman. I, when I was talking about Usman, I was like. <laughs> Um, his I loved his post fight words. Like it got me choked up at the time. I even getting a little choked up now. Then like t- five <laughs> seconds after that, I actually started like choking on, on some really? saliva. I don't even yeah. remember. You don't remember that? No, the timing, must, must the timing was pretty good. Oh. Um, yeah. Listen, I'm not. I don't want to be the anchor that drags you guys no, down. No, no. GC's feeling a type of way, so it looks like it's he doesn't it's speak three for, for the next us. one. No, no. Probably good luck. Yeah, feels good. All right. <laughs> what about the rest? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, lost a couple bets. Uh, like, literally lost them off the card. I, I had a bet on Perez Cop. Perez Cop lost that. Had a bet on Torres Ogden. Lost that. Go two and four on singles. Hit the parlay. Losing week, also kind of a nothing week, though. Down 0.65 units. Kind of unfortunate. I mean, really unlucky on that Vergara da Silva under one and a half. Uh, that was that was an insane first round. Thought thought we were going to get a finish. Uh, unfortunately, it was not meant to be. Still up over sixty units all time. Uh, so feel good about that. DraftKing Tribal Blue. Shout out to him. Tribal Great lineup. Blue. I mean, can't beat that. MMA our verdict league. Harry Byrne, 23, finds himself on the top. Dethrones Moynihan Francis. And then last but not least, some big hitters. Got to shout out the people. What do we got? What do we got? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nathan Chain's got to walk through that door. Let's see who walked through that door on Saturday. I mean, that guy is incredible. He's he's got (laughs) one-liners for days. It's unbelievable. Oh, my gosh, this guy you know yourself. All right, we start out. D. Kraus, 030493, Daniel. Uh, he goes, Nate the Train, winning by submission. Now, I don't really know how this works, actually, now that I'm uh, really reading this over, because it says, Nate the Train by submission. Nate the Train by submission round two. Nate the Train by submission round three. Wow, I, I should have looked over this a little bit more. Uh, oh, okay, it looks like... It looks like he just took all three of them as singles. Either way, he wagers $500, pays out $5,600. He also had Nate the Train by Submission Round 2 with another book, plus $3,100. And then he had Corey Sandhagen to win by decision. Now, he's throwing like thousands on these. $1,750 on Sandhagen by decision. $100 on on Nate the Train by Submission Round 2. Wins $3,200 there. Uh, Shout out to Daniel. Fantastic bets by him. Next up, it's a split decision parlay. Uh, this man had to be happy with with the way the scorecards went. Andrew Lee, Macy Barber by split decision. Corey Sandhagen, Marlon Vera to end by split decision. Plus 2,900. I mean, you, I, I can't believe he got the split on, on Sandhagen Vera, but sometimes it works out. And Crazy. Then, Lucky guy. Man, right, well, here's another one. MMA Propaholic. He had just a single on Corey Sandhagen to win by split decision, plus 800. I mean, he, he must have been so hyped when he when he heard the scorecards come out because I, I thought that was going to be unanimous. But either way, money's money. Winners are winners. Next up, Braden, 1990. He goes Victor Altamirano by sub or decision. Trevin Giles by sub or decision. Corey Sandhagen by sub or decision. Plus 2600 $25 into 685 Speaking of Nate the Train, I mean... I, I would not believe how many, not only Nate the Trains by submission, but also Nate the Train by submission round two tickets that I got. Wow. So I'm not going to feature them all individually, but if you send me one of those, shout out to you because a lot of people seem to call that at huge odds. Last but not least, some something special about the paper tickets, especially, I mean, this one, like, you got like the grease stain on the left side. You know, he's probably eating fries or something. Went back to it just to double check that I really have that ticket. I mean, fantastic stuff. He goes Nate the Train by submission round two. A lot of people love that. Holly home to win, and it goes over one and a half, and then over four and a half in the main event. Corey Sanhagen, Marlon Chito Vera, seven, plus 7,196, 1250 
into $912. Damn. So shout out to him. Paper ticket, too. That is and those incredible. are the big hitters. Wow. Shout out to them. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. Incredible stuff. Um, also, by the way, shout out to Carla Sparza. She announced over the weekend that she's expecting her first child. Yes. So mazel tov to uh, both her and her husband, which means we won't be seeing her. Um, but she's got a great reason. She did say she's coming back in uh, 2024. So, man, moms who give birth and then come back to fighting to get into that shape and, and like, the, the trauma that your body goes through is such an impressive thing. So much respect. So well done to her. You just saw one, right? Yana Santos, right? Yana Santos, that's right. Second one for Yana. Yeah, and uh, and uh, Mackenzie Dern recently. Mackenzie Dern. Well, yeah, yeah. that was her first. But, yes, um, she came back really quick. She came back like, Real, the quick like turnaround. Five yeah. months, six months, something crazy like that. Although there is something to this. A lot of people believe after you have your first child, like you develop this strength that you didn't possess beforehand. Um, and you actually end up being better. And I think for Mackenzie, it, it, it worked. Like she became a much better fighter. So who the hell knows? Um, also, shout out to uh, Paulo Costa. Seems like he's coming to terms with the UFC, though I did speak to him. And he said, not quite yet, but it's looking like it's uh, moving in the right direction. So that's a bit of a surprise. Oh, so it, it isn't done yet. He said, not quite, at least what he told me. Because um, I asked him if he wanted to come on. And, uh, and shout out to Patricio Pitbull who it was announced just a couple hours ago, is moving down to 135, trying to become the first fighter in any major MMA promotion to win a belt in three different weight classes. Of course, the 145-pound champion in Bellator had won the 55, dropped that so his brother can have a chance, and now is going to 35 to fight Sergio Pettis, the returning champ, in June, June 16th, in the Chicagoland region... Main event is Vadim Nemkov versus Yo Romero. But what I love so much about this is he's coming down. Great. Also, it's not a vacant title situation. It's not a this or that. Like, he is fighting the champ. Legit. Yeah. And we've got Rafian Stotts and Patchy Mix fighting in just a few weeks' time in Hawaii. And so, you know, the winner of that's going to win the tournament. Great. Winner of that fights the winner of this. This is fun stuff. It's like an extra level to the tournament. It's, it's one more round on the tournament. Now, if you're belly aching about any of this, you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself because Bellator should not be in the business of, look, obviously they can't be going crazy. Like, like we have to keep it somewhat in check, but like Bellator should just be in the business of fun. Make fun fights. Well, before we, what is the bell, what is the complaint? What is the belly ache? Uh, these guys are fighting in the tournament. They're not fighting. Oh, that it like lessens the tournament. I don't think it does. Value. I don't think it does. If, if anything, it's almost like an extension of the tournament now. Like, it like, feels like an extra round. Yeah. I feel like the. And you're still fact, winning the Millie. The fact that Stotts is already the interim right. champion and there's another belt on the side is what it is. That will always kind of hang over the tournament. That Pettis was inevitably going to be the last step. Now it's either going to be Pettis or Pitbull. I don't. I don't see any issue with that. No. That feels great. And the, and the four fighters in that kind of mix, uh, no pun intended, but Patchy, Rafian, Pettis, and, and Pitbull, those are great names. Like, what's the, what's the issue with setting this up? This feels fun. It feels important. Yeah. It feels historic. They could sell this. Also, it, it doesn't mean that Pettis has to now sit on the sidelines. Like, Pettis can get a fight, and then they can meet after that. Like, he doesn't have to wait for the resolution of the tournament and then right. figure out how to, you know, plan to fight those guys. He can fight, and Pitbull or Pettis can then fight the winner. I have no issue with this, and it's a great fight, and Pitbull's trying to make history. That's awesome. 
Pitbull making that weight is going to be interesting, but also just Pettis coming back to fight a guy. Like if, if Pip, obviously the 10 pounds is a big deal, but if Pitbull is the Pitbull that we see at 45, it's a tough yeah. fight to come back to. Yes, it is. After a layoff like that and a knee injury like that. That's a tough freaking fight. So I like it. Make fun fights. Get people excited. Get people talking, you know? Yeah, it's awesome. PFL out there doing their thing. Bellator out there doing their thing. This is good for business. One championship coming to America. That's creeping up early May, right? The day before the uh, newer card. I glanced back at that card recently. That's a a fun fun fight card right there. Uh, We got the Rockhold and um, Eddie Alvarez debuts coming up in a little over a month. I mean, there's a lot going on in combat. Sheesh. There's a lot going on. There's like a lot going on, not to mention all the boxing stuff going on. Tank and Garcia rapidly approaching. Uh, boxing was great on Saturday. Kitty Taylor, of course. Um, and then with the constant, you know, the that is uh, Fury and Usyk. Yeah, which I guess isn't anything. I've been on the air for three hours. How, did we get more back and forths, more videos, yeah, I think, more? I think we got oh, another... Are you serious? I, uh, <laughs> Honestly, serious? I'm joking, but uh, I, I think we probably please, have enough already with the the. Because hey. here's the new wrinkle in this. Now Anthony Joshua is in the media because he has a fight coming oh, up, yeah. and now they have him talking about Fury Usyk and oh, next steps and all this. So we'll, we'll never hear the end of, of Fury. That's Usyk. right, I'm, Joshua on Saturday. I'm, d- I'm done. I'm done with Fury Usyk. Please, please. So disappointing, right? Well, yes. it just makes you not care if a yeah. great fight ever gets made because they've they've drowned us in updates that we didn't need. Like behind the scenes negotiations that we didn't need. No one. And wants if it, it never happens, it's just such a disappointment. Yeah. Just it, I I think there's a there's a sentiment or or I've been some somebody on Twitter said this to me like the transparency of this is beneficial because now we see who's to blame in the negotiations. First of all, they're saying two different things. There's no cons- there's no consensus. They're they're angling for their own thing. We don't actually know. Anything we we are learning nothing about the the negotiations. Nobody's posting a contract and showing us what's actually happening. So all we're getting is individual sides of a story and pointing the finger at each other. And also, I don't want to blame anybody. Yeah, I don't exactly. care. Exactly. Just make the fight. Yeah. I don't care enough to like be happy about blaming someone. Yeah. I just want to see the fight. Enough. Enough. Make the freaking fight. Uh, I did hear from uh, Mohammed Mohayev. I think this might be out there. He had a uh, grade two partial MCL tear. Six to eight weeks, and I'll be back training similar to my shoulder. I asked him if he needs surgery. He said no. Guy's trying to come back in July. <laughs> That's crazy. He's a freaking nutty. I don't know if he's human. How do you, how do you survive that and not need surgery? With the he said he heard the pops and this and that yeah, multiple cracks and I would have been rushed into immediate surgery. <laughs> yes. afterward. I I think my my leg would have just snapped. Actually, it wouldn't it never would have gotten that far because I would have just tapped. Right. That is true. That is a good point. Um. All right, we'll talk about a lot of that and more on Wednesday, uh, but we'll call it a day here, gents. A great day was had, a lot of interesting conversations. Thank you very much to both of you. Much love. And uh, yeah, Corey Sanhagen, shout out to him. What a great day. What a great performance. What a great time. Loved it. Loved everything about it. And looking forward to seeing how Cheeto bounces back from here. You know he will, and a big fight against Peter Yan would be fascinating to see him use that fight to get back on track. All right, Frank, we're out of time. Let the world know. Oh, man. We're coming home, we're coming home. Tell the world we're coming home. You know that song? Not off the top of my head. What is it? It's, uh, it's a P. Diddy track. No. It's 
great stuff. It's Grey Crack. I don't know if you know that. C-R-A-I-C, of course. The Crack. Yeah, yes. That's cool. Yeah, it is cool. Um, really love today's chats. Really love them a lot. Appreciate everyone who stopped by. Great stuff. From all our guests, Dakota Decheva. No, Decheva. Like Which is it? It's 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 Dicheva. Dicheva. Yeah. Um, screw that one up. But I will say, uh, feels like she's a star in the making, and and the type of fighter that PFL needs, personality, uh, somewhat homegrown. I know she, you know, she's new to PFL, but um, not someone who's made their name in another promotion. This is good stuff, and and I'm excited about their PFL Europe little mini season thing that they got going. I think it's going to be very interesting. Jorge Masvidal, shout out to him. Thank you very much to him for stopping by. Great stuff um, regarding game bread and of course his massive fight. He now got me interested again and excited again. Dana's trying to get us not excited. He, he's getting us excited again and he seems to think that he'll be able to convince them. So good luck to him. Congratulations to Corey Sanhagen. Tremendous stuff. On Saturday, thank you very much to Valentina Shevchenko. And, of course, congratulations to Nate the Train Landwehr. What a guy. Back on Wednesday, same time and place. Until then, I say peace. I'm out of here. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five Buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THEMMAHOUR. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash mma.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.